everybody, and welcome back to the Come Play Podcast, episode 14. Today, it is just three of us. It is me, Brendy, and Bobby. Introduce yourselves, boys. Hi! <laughs> um, Zach is not Intros with us. Intros are overrated. It really yeah. is. We gotta yeah. just cut. We'll just get right into it. No, yeah. um, I just wanted to mention that we uh, Zach is not with uh, us on the podcast today, so that takes Zach's thought of the week out. And any music talk, which, to be honest, I was uh, hoping he would be on this week because there was actually some really good albums that dropped um, today. Um, one of them being Meek Mill. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to see if he would mention that, but he's not here. So, anyway, we will continue on. <laughs> we'll save that for next week. We'll save that for next uh, week. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, and he'll be back with movies and stuff. But right off the bat, we did want to mention something. I know... Um, Bobby, this was for sure definitely part of your childhood. I remember oh, yeah. flipping over, you watching the SpongeBob. Fuck, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, fuck, my pizza. <laughs> Dude, fucking Spectrum, stop calling me, man. <laughs> See? I, right. I, I just... <laughs> I just... I just love that you said, like, fuck, I'm getting a phone call. Mute. <laughs> All right, we're, we're keeping that in, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I'll just continue on from... <laughs> My God! <laughs> fuck, I'm getting a phone call. I promise. I promise. Like, oh that, my that god! Purpose. I, I, I. Jesus Christ! Did you hear my phone go off? No, no. I just heard you scream. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. This week right. in Zach's thought of the week. Yeah, Zach's thought of the week. Who the hell could piss Brendy off with a phone call in the middle of a podcast? Fucking Spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think this was uh, a part of all of our um, our childhoods, especially Bobby. Uh, what we are referring to is SpongeBob and the creator of Sp- SpongeBob, uh, Stephen uh, Hillenburg, uh, died. Um, I think he was age fifty-eight, um, I believe, um, and it was from ALS. Uh, a yeah, ALS. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I remember the th- the thing. I you know, SpongeBob was a good show, but. For some reason, this is what reminds me of SpongeBob, and this always will be. Is Bobby loved the show? I swear, it, was it your favorite show when we were kids? Oh, absolutely. That's not yeah. even a question. I, I figured, and literally, you'd be standing in front of the TV, staring at it, and I would talk to you, and it, nothing would register. I just, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Bobby, and you would not move. You just keep watching it. Yeah. Um, uh, great show. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's got a lot of background in my family. It's not, it's a show I quote probably every day. Um, <laughs> there are so many just memorable quotes because this wasn't just like an ordinary kid show, as I'm sure a lot of people know. There were there were some jokes in there that that kind of resonated with with even the, the young adult and even the parent audience. Like the there's the big thing with the show was that both parents and children enjoyed watching this show. Yeah, like most of the time. You know, I've, you know, I have a sister who's eight now, but, you know, I, I would have to watch her and, you know, she'd have on like Paw Patrol and I'm like, I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> what but, the like, fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> it, it, it's so bad. And it's like, it's like we, uh, um, 
SpongeBob was always the show that you know I, I could sit there and watch. I'll watch it by myself. I do not care. Um, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I grew up with it. Both my uh, younger sisters grew up with it. Um, a lot of people, you know, that I know grew up with it. My parents love it. It's just, you know, every time the Sweet Victory episode comes on, we're always, uh, you know, singing it at the top of our lungs. It's it's something that resonates with me. Um, it's really sad that he, he passed away, especially from ALS, something that's just, God, I can't even imagine that kind of life when you're diagnosed with yeah. something like that. It is, it is a brutal way to go. Um, yeah. But, you know, and yes, it's not sports or video game related, we know, but this is something that I think resonated with all of us. Uh, you know, someone who made a show that inspired many others to create, uh, you know, to become creators and to expand their imaginations. So we wanted to give a uh, brief thank you to Stephen Hellingberg and Happy trails. Mm. Well said. Yeah, that was always a, a a favorite for everybody. But we'll move on to uh, our first sports story of the day, which um, I'll kind of let Bobby take control of because this uh, is close to to his heart. But uh, some big changes for the Philadelphia Flyers after um, a very disappointing start to the season, uh, and a lot of call for change, uh, a lot of call for change at the head coaching position. Uh, that is not where it went. Uh, the general manager uh, and former f- flyer Ron Hextall was uh, relieved of his duties, along with I believe it was the assist was it the assistant coach or assistant general manager? I forget both. 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 Okay, yeah. So Chris Pryor and Gore Murphy. Right. So uh, kind of cleaning house a little bit. Um, uh, but <laughs> I know there's a lot of fans out there that are still not happy with who's behind the bench. So, yeah, Bobby, I'll kind of let you run with this and kind of give your opinion and uh, where do you see this going forward. And, um, you know, I, I actually did want to mention um, there's been a lot of reporting on who's going to be the new GM. Uh, I've heard uh, Dave Nonis of uh, the Ducks uh, would be a candidate. Um I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head now, but a guy in the Sabres organization. But yeah, Bobby, go ahead and uh, give your take on the, the debacle in Philly. So let's start from the beginning. Let's start with Mr. Ron Hexall. Ron Hexall, uh, you know, one of the all-time great goalies for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, first goalie to score a goal. You know, he's he's a favorite in the in the Philadelphia sports world, and someone who he wears his heart on his sleeve in terms of the franchise. He loves this team. He, even after his press conference today, he he continues to support this team. Um, I was excited, and I you know even when he was hired three or four years ago, I wasn't as deep as a Flyers fan as I kind of became. Um, but just the idea that his name was back within the Flyers organization as a front office role was made me happy. You know, I I, uh, I know there's kind of a bad stigma around you know bringing former players back into older organizations front office roles. So it doesn't it doesn't work. It, it, sometimes it just doesn't work, or sometimes it does. It's so he was fired a few days ago. Um, I'm forgetting one at this point because it, it's been a complete I think dumpster it was, fire. I think it was Monday, I believe. We're uh, yeah. recording four days Yeah, we're later. recording on Friday, yes. Yeah. So Ron Hexall gets fired completely out of the blue um, after a few devastating and just straight-up embarrassing losses. Flyers sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference um, with already glaring problems happening before the season even began. Ron Hextall gets fired by uh, by uh, President Paul Holmgren. So, all right. Let's quickly look back at what Ron Hextall has done. He gets brought into the Philadelphia Flyers organization where uh, 
Holmgren was the uh, uh, GM prior to him. Holmgren put the Flyers in cap hell. So Hextall comes in, and as he discussed mainly in his presser today, um, he had a three-stage process where he was going to kind of re- he was basically going to rebuild this team. First of all, was to get everybody out of cap hell. He did that. The next was to have their 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 young core, which I, you know has been the talk for a couple of years now. The, the Flyers have some of the be- has one of the best farm systems in the NHL. I don't think there's any denying that still. And the third was to make and you know be ready to make deals and trades and and signings when it came time for what uh, Hextall called go time, basically to you know for a shot at the cup. Mm-hmm. Um, Hextall, and as he said in his presser today, did not believe that they were at that stage three yet. Hextall was huge on development. That's why Carter Hart is not on the Flyers team right now. Even though at this point, you know, who even knows who's in net for the Flyers anymore, man? I mean, LA gets hurt. Noe Berth gets hurt. Alex Lyon. Stolars. Yeah, Stolars. <laughs> Picard got waved right after Hextall got fired. Yep. Um, Jesus, man. It, it's four or five goalies within just a year. Like, just a season. And we're not even ha- remotely halfway. So... All right, so Hextall believes in, in development, and this is where I stand firmly beside him. As much as I did say, yeah, I wanted Carter Hart up in the NHL, at the end of the day, I do need to take a step back and understand that you do not want to put him in the NHL that quick. And look what's happening to him on the fans right now. He's being lit up pretty bad. His numbers will go back up. I have firm belief that Carter Hart's going to get back on his horse and he's going to be good. Um, but it's good that he's you know, ironing all this stuff out in the AHL and getting used to the pace of the game so that when it's time for him to get called up, he's going to be more than ready. That's what Hexall believed. Here's what happens. Everybody got impatient, myself included. It's, it's really hard to see his vision when it seems to be taken forever. Um, Paul Holmgren decided that it was time to move on from Ron Hextall, so he got rid of Ron Hextall. Yeah, it, it was also in close consultation, which I'm forgetting his name, but it was with the owner of Comcast Spectacore, who also owns the Flyers. So this was not just a, a Paul Hungren decision. Yeah. So he believed that there was uh, f- philosophical differences was the words he kept using. Um, when he addressed the media, he kept saying over and over and over and over again that him and Hextall, uh, Hextall was unyielding to any compromise within the organization. And that's kind of understandable because Hexall had a system that he wanted to implement and he knew it was going to take a while, but he believed that patience was key. Mm-hmm. But how long is too long? And that's the question. That is the big question of the day because here's where we're at. Young core, really good farm system. We got, you know, there's been talk of Simmons getting traded. Um, Hexall said that they were close to signing you know, big name players that are on the market, and the latest is that there, there's apparently interest in uh, Nylander from Maple Leafs, who has been yep. holding out. So that's something. Um, and he said that he said that trust me, I've been very aggressive, but he just hasn't been able to get any of the signings that he apparently was after. He didn't disclose what they could be. You can only assume, but um, it just never really came to be. So I want to hop in real quick, sure. uh, like piggybacking off that, because when I first texted you. My first question was, do you think this has anything? Because in some eyes of, I mean, basically the guys that fired him saying that it was almost like he was a little bit passive. But you have to remember, you know, and I, after I said that, I was kind of thinking, 
Um, people tend to forget, and and they're here in the speculation with the Nylander, um, you know, the the William Nylander controversy, or not controversy, but what's happening, him holding out in Toronto, and he was, you know, a potential mm-hmm. target for the Flyers. Uh, you also got to remember that they took a swing at Tavares this summer, along with a lot yep. of other teams. Um, there is There was talk that they were targeting um, Artemi Panarin, Panarin, um, his deal expires at the end of this year. Um, you know, it's not that he sat on it now. So I, I'm kind of on the fence about this, right? Because uh, Hextall has done a phenomenal job with kind of restocking uh, the cupboard, if you oh, will, yeah. with prospects. Um, you know, you look at their prospects, you know, going back from a few years ago, um, you got Konechny, you know, they drafted Patrick, um, you got the defense with Hag and Morin and uh, Ghost and Provorov and and all these guys and um you know it, it's he did a really good job there and Carter Hart obviously um and you know there's he did a really good job with that and you know there wasn't this uh, move per se that he went out there and made um you know to 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 make a big signing or something like that but and maybe that's where the kind of differences differences came in at um where they kind of got rid of him but you know he did a really amazing job it's actually funny um the uh i have somebody at, at work that uh, i told him what happened i said hextall got fired and he said really and i was like why you say it like that and he thought i said hackstall yeah because <laughs> yeah. that's what everybody was expecting but no yeah. I, I it's i thought he did a really good job i mean like i guess he was passive in the sense that he didn't make that big move but he did a really good. He was one of the best drafters we've seen. I think, like in my opinion, like I think he's done a really good job uh, drafting and such. But yeah, I kind of want to add that in there because um, I guess you know that's that was a big thing with their the guys above him. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it was crazy to me as well as not a Flyers fan. Yeah. It, so and that's what I was getting at was Hackstall, which is kind of the center of attention in this whole thing. So. Tyler mentioned that he texted me right after Hexall got fired. And he did. And he asked me a couple of questions, as a good reporter does. And he was he asked me specifically, as I'm reading the chat log here, you think that Hexall firing has anything to do with him being too passive? What I originally said was it has everything to do with him not firing Hextall. I was under the impression that a lot of people were under. was that Hextall and Hextall were, you know, buddy-buddy, and they had the, the utmost trust in each other, and that Paul Holmgren called for the firing and Hexall wouldn't do it. I could not be more wrong. So <laughs> here's what I'm hearing. So let me, let me make something clear. You can dis- agree or disagree with Hexall's system while you want. I personally liked the idea of Hexall's system. However, it was getting frustrating. Something needed to happen. Some shakeup needed to happen to you know give a Flyers a kick in the ass to at least do something. Right? Because this, this is getting ridiculous. My opinion, this team is more than talented to make a really good playoff run. I, I, I don't know how anybody can sit there and disagree with me. We're getting the depth we needed. Our blue line, yes, still young, but still making the scoring chances. We play physical. I mean, it's amazing it took forever to get into a fight, but we're still making the hits. We're still playing, you know, excuse the pun since it's now become one, but gritty. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> I it, it it his system makes sense, and if it means that we're gonna have an insane couple of years in the long term, then I will eat that you know eat those couple of years of 
these kind of seasons, but it, it's getting hard because there doesn't seem to be any changes happening. The Flyers had an uneventful offseason, except for JVR. So JVR gets signed, and you know what? I'm so happy he's here, and I cannot wait till he's healthy. Um, it's it just what when did the patients wear too thin? So now, from a business standpoint, of course, you know, someone being unwielding to the, the you know the the head honchos of an organization is going to get fired, right? That's where this makes business sense. But right. does this make hockey team sense? Don't know yet. We're going to find yeah. out because here's what's going to happen. So I mentioned Hackstall, right? Why was he not the first to go? So here's what's funny. Two days after uh, Hackstall gets fired, uh, Pryor, um, Chris Pryor, assistant general manager, and assistant coach Gord Murphy were, fi- uh, Gord Murphy were fired uh, by Paul Holmgren. And the quote is in close consultation with Dave Hackstall. <laughs> yeah. And to which I say, you have got to be kidding me. Well, so, I, I will yeah. say, I think I, I that he might have even said it himself, but I think, um, you know, Hack still has a couple of weeks here to figure it out, and if he doesn't, um, then then he's gone. <laughs> like that's well, what. It, like I think this is like he even said that he's no. So well, yes and no. He's not going to fire Hackstall. He's not going to do it. He's going right. to make the he's going to make the GM do it. He said. He said in the original presser about Hextall's firing that Hextall's fate lies on whoever the new GM is. Right. And, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if he doesn't give results, is that is that where the G, the new GM comes in and is like, look, it, is, it, is, it isn't working. Like, I want my guy kind of thing. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What is... What's the final straw with Hextall? That's my question. In, in, in Holmgren's eyes. What right. is it? That's what I don't get here. So you fire Hextall, the guy who is not on the bench, but the guy who's been making the moves, maybe not as many as we would like, but but the understanding now is he's been aggressive. Um, but he, you know, th- what he's done over the past three to four years with this team is incredible. So mm-hmm. why do you take away Hextall and not Hextall, the guy behind the bench where a team that has the talent, you cannot sit there and tell me we do not have the talent for a playoff run. Mm-hmm. Stanley Cup, we're probably missing a piece or two, especially on the goaltending side of things. But right. on the offensive and blue line, I I drew sharp contrasts with the Golden Knights, and look where they were last season yeah. in their inaugural season. I seriously, we don't have any quote unquote superstars. I mean, Couturier looked like one last year, but no, I don't God. know. I think Giroux is a top ten player in the league. Yeah, and he's the most. Un- but like, anytime you say Giroux is a superstar, everyone's like, no. But then you actually look at him. Yeah, like. He's the most underrated player. I swear. Yeah. No, I, I would actually agree with that. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, uh, it you know they don't have any superstar, but like in Golden Knights' case, I've always said, look, they did not have any superstars on the team besides their netminder. Right. I feel like Flyers get a good goaltender. There is a chance. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm telling you, there is a chance. They just need to get, and also they need to fix the special teams. Which why is Lappy still there? I don't know that one either. Um, PK's been bad for a while. So, and then remember last year, it was last season, I believe, where they lost 10 games in a row. Yeah, it was last year. And then they won 10 in a row. And then they like won that. 10 in a row, and then all was forgotten. But really, yeah, what is the last straw with Hackstall in his eyes? It doesn't well, make any sense. It's a, and here's the other thing. I mean, this kind of sounds dumb, but 
there's not a better time to fire a coach than the NHL right now with who's no. out there. And, uh, and, and, no. when, and before you say that, I'm getting to that because there is a there is a link already, which is what I'm going to get to right, right. now, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, so here's where we stand now. Uh, so Tyler mentioned a couple of the candidates, but he did not mention the front runner, who appears to be Chuck Fletcher, who was the former GM of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, right. I'll, I'll say off the bat, I do not know that much about him. Um, I just know that he was a former GM for the Minnesota Wild, which the Minnesota Wild is – they're like the Chiefs of the NHL. They're a team yeah. that's good but can never get out of the first round ever. Yeah, I believe he got fired over the offseason, but he had been with them for a, a couple of years. Like, he, he was there for a pretty good amount of time. So it, 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 he was in – so the report is that he was in Philadelphia today as well for his, his okay. interviews. So he So he's here. And he is the clear front runner, um, and it is possible by next Wednesday. Um, so today is November thirtieth. So next Wednesday, which is uh, December fifth, um, we might know who our new GM is. Mm-hmm. Now, originally in the original presser, uh, Paul Holmgren said that we're looking at weeks, not months, for the new GM. That was his exact quote. Looks like we're getting it in a week yeah. or, or two. Which I man. I don't know much about interview processes, but I, that seems only like one freaking interview. I haven't heard <laughs> anybody else actually come in yet. I mean, unless he is so glaringly good. Right. So now, here's where that is. So, Chuck, let's, let's now assume that Chuck Fletcher comes in. There is So, Tyler mentioned who's out there. The big name on the list of coaches who are no longer on a team right now is Quenville. Mm-hmm. Now. He has not. I, I from I I've only been reading a couple of social media posts. Haven't really followed up on this, but the idea is that he does not at the moment. He doesn't have too much interest, or he's not actively searching for another coaching opportunity. What I'm taking from that is that it doesn't mean that if you know with the right with the right money and the right contract, the right yeah. team, he would say yes. That's my right. that's yeah. my way of thinking. So. This is such a loose connection. I don't even want to say it, but the fact, but the idea of Quenville with Philadelphia is enough for me to like this. So apparently, um, something about that Fletcher got Quenville one of his first coaching jobs. That that's apparently the thing, and oh, they're really? apparently still. For, I I think that's what it is. I I will need to look again. It, it might not be on any big article, um, but. The uh, let me see it. The Flyers need in the Flyers need in the GM role and someone who's capable of scaring a head coach like Joel Quenville. Um, so it's something about how I think he got him his first coaching job and they're apparently still buddy buddy. Okay. So it's so loose, but right. man, I I don't know how you look at Dave Haxtall and Quenville and you go, yeah, Dave Haxtall. No way. <laughs> no freaking way. Quenville, a Stanley Cup winning coach. Multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> and Dave Haxtell, who, for better or less, will not change on systems that are obviously not working for the Philadelphia right. Flyers. Yeah. So, um, so, to me, you know, I, I, again, I don't know, I, I don't want to comment on who I think the GM, new GMs should be because I really don't know that much about all the candidates. I just know the basic headlines of them. No, and I'm, I'll finish up on this point, which is, you know, you're saying about the system with Hawkstar. Um, Back in about two weeks ago, I went to a Flyers game. Um, 
and and I was just a neutral there. Like the Sharks weren't playing or anything. But I'm watching this game, and God damn, they won the game for nothing. They're playing the Blackhawks. Uh, actually, this was right mm-hmm. after Quenville got fired. It was one of the most sloppiest games ever. And and I'm watching this. The systems were all fucked up. Yo, like the thing I kept saying, um, my uncle was with me. I kept saying to him is the the their breakout the flyers breakout is terrible their 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 wingers are too far up on the boards um now i'm very fortunate to watch a team who is very good at breakouts and the sharks um and that's their one thing like you know they have their forwards low so they can actually get it out of the zone you got the flyers who are just they get it behind their net they flip it out and the other team gets it it was the most frustrating thing to watch and they won that game yeah so and, and that's the thing. Um, so you know, they won. That's his whole mo. <laughs> yeah. So you said, you know, they said they won this game for nothing. You yep. ca- again, you cannot tell me this team does not have the talent. Imagine yep. guys like Travis Konechny, Ivan Provorov, Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, uh, you know, <laughs> Simmons, Limblom. Everybody on that team on a system developed by Quenbo. Yeah. We're deadly. Yeah. I don't think what what needs to happen after any any hirings and whatever happens after this is the PK needs a, a freaking the PK is the big thing. Needs PK, to be looked at, yeah. We 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 need we need a solid ten D, which it sounds like Elliot and Neuverth are on the way back soon. So you know we'll have that at least somewhat handled. I like Neuverth a lot, Elliot. I've been very on the fence about Mrazic. I swear he came into every game on something. I don't even know. <laughs> I like my my biggest thing was one time where like you know they were right in front of the net and he came out of the crease to save a puck and he did like a a, a twirl like a ballerina <laughs> twirl for literally no reason and the puck went in the net like I don't even remember what game it was yeah uh, I'll have to I'll just go find that but yeah I I like I think for the Flyers like from a neutral perspective I think. I mean, goaltending is what drives the NHL, so I think they need to find a guy. And if Carter Hart's the guy, and they need to wait two years, and that's what they got to do. That's um, fine. But I, I think you got to change something. Uh, like, and I'm saying this, and you hear all the Flyers fans wanting to change behind the bench, but you know, I, I I'm not going to say I analyze hockey because that's not the case. But I watch a lot of hockey, and um. You know the systems that the Flyers run sometimes just confuse me. <laughs> so. It's not, and there was one I forget who it is. One Canadian reporter that was saying like that that was defending this this, this whole system. It's like, yeah, the Flyers are doing fine right now. <laughs> We're yeah. last in the Eastern Conference. What are yeah, you right. saying? Right. It's like what? Oh my god! It doesn't make any sense. And it's like it's, it's like I said, it's not like Ottawa, which a team I know is the butt end of all the jokes in the NHL, just because of of how mismanaged that franchise is, right? right? But that's not what this team is. This team is good. It's once once they get the system working, fix their special teams, get a good tendy, work on the breakout, and actually shoot the goddamn puck on the power play. <laughs> Let's talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> we're a good team. Yeah. So I'll finish off by this, because like, I I know most of this was news reporting because there was a lot and. Uh, you know, I know we try not to get too local with our news stories, but you know what? Screw you. This is big news in the NHL right now. So, um, <laughs> here's the thing. So here, here's where I stand. Here's where I personally stand. Hextall did a fantastic job, and I do wish he was still part of the organization. I know he, you know, he he has no other role with the Flyers organization right now. But if he was some, I don't know, I think an ambassador role or something, would love to have him still be a part of the organization. I really like the guy, and I really cannot thank him enough for what he's done for this team. 
Um, he's, he's, he's basically pulled the team out of what seemed to be a very, very dark tunnel mm-hmm. and ha- set us up for a very, very profitable future. Yeah, I, I would, I would uh, with that With that said, I, I am still one of those people who thinks Hackstall is the one who deserves the knife here. I just, it, it, it doesn't, to me, it's just not working. It just isn't anymore. And I'm, I, I know it's supposed to be this waiting and patience game for everything, but that just doesn't, that doesn't just have to do with the players you have on the team. It's the, the plays they're making, the, 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 the hockey IQ that they're developing, especially in the minors, the systems they're running on the ice, including the breakout and special teams. It's that stuff. If they could perf- take a couple of years to perfect that as well as work on their own talents, it's going to be a good time for the Philadelphia Flyers. That's why I think a change needs to be made behind the bench. I think Hack needs to be gone. I would love for Quenville to come here. He's a reputable coach. He's on the market. I'm sure with the right call, the right money, he would say hello. Uh, If it's not Quenville, I I honestly can say I don't know what another candidate could possibly be. And honestly, at the end of the day, it all comes down to if Chuck Fletcher is actually going to fire Hackstall or not. Because everything you read so far is all the fans with Hackstall gone, all the but apparently Haxtell has such this reputation within the Flyers organization and the National Hockey League that it's like he's 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 irreplaceable. It, you would right. you would think it, it it's someone even jokingly said he's got dirt on somebody and you know that. <laughs> so, um, it, it, it to me it, it it's just not working. I don't like the Haxtell experiment anymore. I like the Flyers organization. I like the Flyers team. I like the players we have. I don't like who's behind the bench. Yeah. That even includes Lappy. If I don't know how. You keep consistently messing up the, you know, I, I, Lappy has a special place in my heart as well for being a former flyer. But how do you consistently mess up this the, the PK unit? How? How do yeah. you consistently do this? Remember what the Ottawa guys said in the car about doing the same thing and not yeah, changing Mar- anything. Mar- Mar- this Mar- is Raymond, yeah. literally what that is. <laughs> yep. This is literally yeah. what that is, and it's like, oh yeah, we don't have a problem. Yeah, Man, no, I, I agree with everything. You kind of said, and I think we're all on the same wavelength. I do want to move on just because we yeah. kind of went on with that. But, uh, yeah, my kind of final conclusion, um, as a neutral, I don't think it was the right move. We'll see what happens and see who they bring in. We um, play Pittsburgh on Saturday, baby. Can't wait to see us get murdered. <laughs> uh, and then go on break on. until next Thursday. We move on to some college football news, uh, big one, and I want to get Brendan involved in this one because uh, not that you are a Georgia Tech fan, but you have family ties. But uh, Paul Johnson, uh, coach of Georgia Tech, uh, retiring. Um, well, I say retiring, stepping down um, as coach of Georgia Tech. Um, and I, I say retiring, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, what a, if if it is a retiring, what a great career! Um, so it has it has been reported uh, when I first got the notification for it, uh, and when I was reading about it, the words used was retired, which implied to me like he was not probably uh, unlikely to coach uh, within the next five years or so. You know, obviously, right. I, I not sure if uh, not quite sure if newer stuff has come out yet. But um, Georgia Tech has always been my second favorite. Um, college football team to watch the first being tennessee mm-hmm. um mainly because i just like seeing georgia lose uh <laughs> so uh but uh paul johnson uh widely known for his use of the triple option uh which looks amazing when it's like executed correctly but looks yeah. flat out retarded whenever when it doesn't work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and i think 
um that and i i was talking to my stepdad about this he's a diehard georgia tech fan and i was listening to a couple other people as well uh reactions are a little bit mixed um i know some people are kind of glad he's gone uh which which also like the thing is like he's still under contract and like he's been given like a pretty big contract for georgia tech standards um so I'll we'll have to see about that, but uh, I've heard I've heard a lot of mixed reactions. Um, you know, some people saying like you know they're kind of glad he's gone. Uh, most most of the reactions I've heard have been uh, have been you know it was kind of his time to go, but like what he's done for the program has you know been amazing. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of the initial reaction I've I've received. My stepdad was disappointed to see him go. Uh, period, because he thought they were going to have a really good season next season. He thought he thought the, he basically thought the the timing was really bad, which I kind of agree. But I also think like you know it wasn't too much longer for him, no matter what happened this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying he would have gotten fired um, or anything like that, because quite honestly, like no one had better job security than Paul Johnson of Georgia Tech. Like people yeah. can say, people can say he was on the hot seat. He never was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be completely yeah. honest. So I, well, I just wanted to mention this real quick. So I was saying about the whole retiring thing. Um, this is an article from ESPN's Chris Lowe was published yesterday. Uh, the word he uses in here is um, apparently this is a quote from Johnson. After 40 years of coaching, it's time to take a break. Um, so I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that's a long, forever break or what, but I mean, he is 61 years old now, so. We'll yeah, it's it, it, it's always it's always hard to tell what you know people that age actually mean when they say uh, yeah. <laughs> when they say certain things. But uh, but now the uh, head coaching search begins for Georgia Tech, and I've actually heard a lot of interesting names. I've heard um, the head coach of Kennesaw State, um, which mm-hmm. which I I probably would say is I would pro- I would probably say is like at the top of the list for Georgia like. Georgia Tech has a very specific uh, head coaching inquiry, which is like they they almost they have to run almost like a certain style. They have to um, be able to recruit the kind of people that they're looking for, which is um, essentially high IQ, um, heavy on schemes kind of things. Um, not necess- not necessarily, you know. They they're they're not gonna you know hire the offensive coordinator of Alabama or something like that. Like they they have a very specific um, program on which they use to hire. Uh, one of the names I thought was actually intriguing, which I I think would be a great hire, um, is uh, the offensive coordinator of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And Can't I'm just yeah, and I'm looking a little bit more into Wisenhut. Wizenhunt's background, and he let's see if if I'm correct, he was previously a head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, mm-hmm. um, that went to the Super Bowl under uh, Kurt Warner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he was their their head coach from 2007 to 12, I think, or 13. I think it was it, 12. Yeah. So if someone like him were to get the Georgia Tech, um, Georgia Tech head coaching job. I feel like that would almost signify kind of a um kind of like a different kind of um 
different way like the program is going you know mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a triple option coach but it, it it it's it's a very interesting scenario because um with Paul Johnson um if i remember correctly uh oh, what he came from what was it uh Georgia Southern i think yeah i believe so i'm i'll look that up real quick but i'm i'm not positive yeah sure, he so. he won i think he won two um fcs titles uh with at georgia southern and then he uh coached at navy and i and i've also right. i've also heard some uh some rumors about like navy and army um coordinators you know coming to georgia tech not entirely sure if uh that would be a good idea but paul johnson definitely has quite the resume that um quite the resume that and you know his He's received a lot of criticism from Georgia Tech fans, but at the end of the day, like he's done a lot for the program, and everyone should be uh, happy for what he's accomplished. Uh, by the way, just to say, it was Georgia Southern. Um, he was with them from '97 to 2001, and then went to the uh, Navy, um, where he was previously an offensive coordinator. But yeah, I think um, you know this is uh, I couldn't agree more. Actually, you said it perfectly with the whole. Um, you know, job security thing. Um, yep. I'm reading this article. Basically, he was saying that uh, he just wants to do more stuff with his family. Um, his daughter, I believe, is a professional opera singer. So he wants to watch her and do stuff with his wife. So, um, you know, it, it might be a thing where we see him come back. Um, you know, I, in my opinion, I think this this might be it. But uh, if it is, he did do great things for Tech. Um, he is uh, fourth um, all time in um, wins rankings with by well active FBS coaches. Um, he That's has crazy. 189 career wins. Yeah. So um, and I I think Ken I and I think Ken was in Hunt and I'm I'm gonna look this up really quick just to uh, be sure. I believe he actually went to college at Georgia Tech, which is why he's um, which oh, is why okay. he which is why he's rumored as a possibility. Gotcha. Um, um, yes, and, he did. Uh, he did attend Georgia Tech. Wasn't hot. And there you go. according to Wikipedia, he doesn't have. Um, he actually doesn't really have college football um, head coaching experience, except for at Vanderbilt, mm. uh, which was all the way back in '96. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I so guess it, it would it would definitely be a transition. Yeah, that's the concern. I mean, it's going back to what we were talking about before. I mean, that's where Hacksaw came from was college hockey, and that was in the professionals. You know, sometimes it doesn't always translate with uh, pro and college sports. But we'll see. I mean, I I, uh, I I like wasn't on a lot. If he's doing really good stuff with the Chargers offense um, at the moment, um, right? But yeah, I think. Uh, I, I th- I believe they said that Wizen Hunt will interview this weekend. Um, so I mean I'm sure it's gonna take a couple of weeks before we get an answer. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, big news on that front, and uh, you know, that one hurts Georgia Tech a little bit, but we'll see how they. Yeah, it hurts to see him. Get, hurts to see him go. You know, Georgia Tech is probably gonna be pretty bad for the next couple of years, but we'll. We'll just yeah. have to wait and see uh, what happens. <laughs> Before we move on, I do want to mention something that you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking, which, you know, I, I obviously I thought of this, but when you really said it, like, it's very important. The thing about college coaching is, you know, you're not only getting a coach, you're getting a recruiter as well. And, um, you know, 
that's the whole thing with Wizard Hunt. Like, I'm sure, you know, he can recruit, but like not having the experience that, uh, you know, he would if he was a college coach before that, that'll be interesting. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, we will move on to something we're going to touch on briefly. Uh, this story broke today and we don't want to get too into it because not all the information come out, but it has came out. Sorry, but, um, it's kind of a must, um, we we have to say something on it, or or at least you know, put ourselves out there with it. But essentially, um, it's a developing story at this point. But uh, the running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, Cream Hunt, um, there was a video released by TMZ, of course. Of I hate TMZ, but anyway, of all places, <laughs> that released a video from February of um, Hunt in a uh, Cleveland hotel. Uh, pushing and kicking a woman, um, and the video uh, was posted. Uh, I, th- I believe it was sometime this afternoon, and about 20 minutes later, uh, he was sent home from the chief's facility. Um, now, this is uh, I'm this article I have right here is from Sports Illustrated, which you know they're a pretty reliable source. So I'm going to go off of this. Apparently, the uh, woman he is arguing with is a 19-year-old girl. Uh, she's a Kent State student, um, um, and that's who the uh, he's involved with with the altercation. Again, I'm not going to mention stuff in it because there's a lot of stuff coming out with what you know she her involvement in this is and what he did. Um, but you know, I did we did just kind of want to report, if you will, uh, that. Um, it is worth noting that uh, nobody was uh, arrested um, at the time and no charges were pressed, but uh, there is a chance that um, he would be put on the commissioner's exempt list uh, following the uh, release of the video. Um, so we'll kind of have to see uh, his, you know, where his season is going to go. Um, you know, we, I, I wanted, I guess, uh, we don't. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what this is going to do for the Chiefs, and not that we're going to look past the whole domestic violence portion of it, but we just don't want to talk about it if we don't have all the information. Um, you know, I think uh, <laughs> from a football standpoint, and I know it's hard to look at that when you have somebody who uh, physically abused a woman, but uh, this obviously hurts them. Um, they're having a great season, and. You know, of course, because the internet's awful, the memes with uh, oh, Belichick, <laughs> Belichick uh, you know, like people saying he released it because now, you know, I I, I still think. Um, no, it's terrible. Yeah, I know. Spencer, <laughs> uh, Spencer Ware is a, a good backup, but, you know, Kareem Hunt's one of the best runners in the league. But, you know, if, if that happens, it's like, here come the Patriots again. Like the AFC is theirs. Um, so a lot of people are saying that, but you know, I think uh, from a football standpoint, this is obviously you know going to hurt them. But there's a lot more that needs, uh, you know, it's a lot more than football at this point. I mean, to me, to me, this doesn't hurt anything with the homes right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. he loses his backfield, but I don't he's think it's going to be as dramatic. Yep, exactly. Again, he's quarterback. He's saying he can hit a nine-year-old deep downfield. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's crazy. I, I can't believe in our NFL preview. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on Mahomes. Yep, I said the same thing. I'm both I mean, ready for to him. be fair, we've seen him like one time, but now he's been, he's an MVP candidate this year. But um, no, I like I said, we just wanted to report on this. We're not going to go too deep into it because um, you know there's a lot of 
uh, people putting their opinions out there and then people reporting it. Um, so yeah, just, uh, kind of want to say stuff there, but yeah, people are awful, man. The things that, uh, <laughs> that we've seen that I'm not going to mention. Yeah. I guess, no. But just, yeah. uh, I would direct you to the, uh, <laughs> Wikipedia page of Creed Hunt between now and next yep. week. Yep. <laughs> it's been protected now, by the way, just saying. Is it, is it protected? All right. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. That was um, terrible. But yeah, we will uh, move on from that. Uh, that quick mention to, um, I don't know. I don't want to say the most hype. Like when I say the most hype game of the year, that sounds bad. But Red Dead Redemption has been everything that everybody has expected it. And the uh, online multiplayer uh, dropped for everybody today. It dropped for uh, the people who got the Ultimate Edition Tuesday. And then um, Wednesday and Thursday, they, they had releases based on when you started playing the game, which I, you know, side note, thought was interesting. Like, if, if you played it on the release night, but then it gets the Ultimate Edition, you got it Wednesday. But if you didn't play the game within three days of release, you didn't get it until Thursday. Just a side note, I thought that was interesting. But it is uh, for everybody right now. Um, very excited. I have not got my hands on it yet. Uh, me and Zach are the only one in the group that have the game. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully me and him can play sometime, but yeah, um, you know, the, the story, which I'm still working on is, uh, has been amazing. So I can see, uh, hopefully this will be the same. Um, you know, the rocks are kind of put out a, uh, I guess a memo about it, basically saying that players will be able to create, uh, by the way, this article is from Polygon, um, players will create. And customize their online ca- characters uh, and tailor their abilities and their style to their style of play. Um, there's things uh, like being able to join a posse with up to eight players, um, and in that you can go hunting and fishing, uh, battle rival gangs, um, and you know do other thing with battling stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm a little if you know I, I'm not sure how to say this. So. As good as free roam games are, um, sometimes like the online multiplayer, like for me, sometimes doesn't click. Like GTA is good because there's so many things you d- can do. Um, I hope there's that there's missions in online that you can do with your friends. I think I'm sure there is, uh, but I think that would be cool. Battle, join our foreign posse's battle enemy gangs, hunt fish and search for treasure, challenge other settlers, and much more in this brand new multiplayer story. Right, coming yeah, from I've... Rockstar themselves. I would yes. love to see what becomes of it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I, I, I think there is somewhat of a story now. I don't. I'm assuming it's online, so you have to be able to play with friends. But uh, like I, I subscribe to people on YouTube, and like I haven't watched the videos, but uh, I've seen them saying like episode one of the online story. So I'm, I, I guess I don't know what in depth it is. Uh, something that we uh, will definitely check out, me and Zach, and kind of report later, but. Um, this game, just a side note, this game has to be up for game of the year, I would imagine. Um, it's gotta and, be. And, like, it, did, it, was, it, it was, and guess what it lost to? Oh, that's right, Fortnite. <laughs> yep. I, I forgot about this, that's right. It's um, So it was up for game of the year, I'm, I'm trying to remember who uh, put it up there. Uh, let me, let me find that real quick. Um, you know, I keep, forgot keep, about keep, that. Keep talking, let me, uh, here, no, yeah. I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, um, Fortnite just won Game of the Year title in 2018 uh, at the Golden Joystick World uh, Awards. 
uh, and it beat out Red Dead Redemption 2. Huh. Yeah, you know what? After I said that, what I the somebody... fuck? Yeah, after really? I, said that, I forgot somebody I worked at told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, I I think that's just the case because the amount of people that play Fortnite, but Red Dead is a to me a flawless game. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to play it as much as I would like with how busy I've been. But yeah, it's it's a great game, and can't wait to check out multiplayer. But um yeah a lot of uh the things i've heard so far is the same that i heard with the release of the game it's good it's flawless online's really good mm-hmm. um you know i didn't play a whole lot of online on red dead one so um you know i i don't really know what to expect per se like if it's anything like that uh but yeah it's something we'll have to check out so um we will let you know about that because, like I said, I'm sure me and Zach will be playing somewhat soon. But um, next, uh, the last uh, quick pick we have, uh, which I I want to open up in a little bit of a uh, bigger vein in a second, but I'll get to it. But um, Nintendo Switch uh, set some sale records for Black Friday, um, which uh, I can't say surprises me. Um, I think uh, a lot of people, you know, that have the the Nintendo Switch love it, and people want to get their hands on it. Um, but yeah, over the Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday kind of weekend, uh, including Black Friday, uh, they set some sale records. Um, overall, Nintendo sold $250 million worth of products during the holiday, um, according to sales figures, and this is from GameSpot. The uh, articles from um now we talk about this because i want to get into a little bit of a another and i know this is somewhat over talked about but the whole console battle thing and you know we might be comparing apples and bananas here but or apples and oranges um but you know you got the playstation and the xbox who are always compared against each other and i know that nintendo switch is a different animal but in terms of selling and the like the way people like it like you got to put it up there i like right. I, i've only heard good things about it like i i i really have because the, the reason why people compare you know xbox and playstation and don't even like bring up you know the other systems mm-hmm. is because xbox and playstation are in my opinion you guys can disagree they're more or less catered to they're more or less catered to the hardcore gamer yeah not, and not, not necessarily like hardcore but like uh, who people who like game on a regular basis yeah uh, i would agree and yeah well hang on i just i just want to say one last thing but the nintendo switch though is catered to a completely different audience they're right. catered towards family family yeah family play and you know if something is catered towards family, you know, you're, you know, as a mother or a father, you might be watching, you know, a commercial for a Nintendo Switch. You'd be like, okay, you know, that seems like something, you know, we could all enjoy together. Because you see all right. these commercials of like, you know, this this family of four, you know, all playing Mario Kart or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can I can I can I actually disagree with you on this one? Oh, um, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, you don't have to ask my permission. <laughs> so I actually think you have it backwards. Um, and here's why. So here's the difference. So the Xbox and the PlayStation have been competing for years because they both have the same mission. 
their mission is to be the center of all entertainment in any particular household, right? So the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, besides being good game systems, and I'm not going to sit here and compare the two because the Xbox is obviously supreme. So, <laughs> uh, um, but the reason why they're compared so much is they both have the same mission and uh, they're trying to be the, the, the big entertainment and gaming console. And they have their own exclusives and everything else, right? Now, now, now even the casual gamer will get these systems, Right, at least in my eyes. Right, so the casual gamer. Let's say, like, what what are some games the casual gamer will play? Probably Call of Duty. Right, I would say Call of Duty, Two right. K, any of the sports games, uh, GTA, Red Dead, those type of games. Those are the type of games that a casual gamer will play. Mm-hmm. I think Nintendo has more of the market for the serious gamer because um, Nintendo's not even trying to be the center entertainment. Like, look, there's our system. Here's our games. Have at it. Like they have their own world, right? So they have, you know, the you know the world of Mario and Luigi, the whole Nintendo world, everything like that. The the uh, Pokemon and and the releases they're getting on the Nintendo systems, mm-hmm. and and such. And not to mention, it's also a, a completely different system. This isn't a box sitting on your on your uh, entertainment center. It's a it's a freaking tablet for all intents and purposes with two joysticks that be, that come off. That's <laughs> yeah. the uh, but it can just so happen to be plugged into a TV. More, I, I would say any casual gamer that goes into a store and has to pick between those three consoles is going to pick either the Xbox or the PlayStation over the Nintendo. And yeah, you're right in a sense that Nintendo is obviously meant for the more family-friendly gamer, and you're right in that department. Most of the little kids are probably asking for a Nintendo so they can play Mario Kart and Mario Party and everything like that. You're right on that front. I just definitely think that the more serious gamers will go for Nintendo because of just the, the, the pure universe that they have and the uniqueness of each of their systems. Well, see, I'm not entirely sure about that because uh, I very rarely, and you know, it, it's I would I would say more recently you would be correct with the Nintendo Switch. It kind of, I feel like the Nintendo Switch has been more or less catered to the more serious gamer, but I feel like in the past, especially like with the Nintendo Wii, uh, the Nintendo Switch, you know, past Nintendo consoles have always been catering to this you know different audience. Um, you know, with the Nintendo Switch, though, I, I feel like they have almost tried something new, and it's good to see. It, you know, at, at very least, it seems to be working out for them. Right. Well, I guess I guess I should reword what I'm saying. So, Nintendo, yes, they're 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 marketing for the every every person. Yeah, rated E for everyone. Games. Their biggest games being rated E and family friendly and something you could play with the whole family. However, the people you hear talking about it the most are the more serious gamers. The casual gamer will talk about the newest Call of Duty, the the newest EA game, the newest Red Dead, GTA, et cetera, et cetera, on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox games. Or even, uh, well, I wouldn't say PC. I think PC is definitely catered for the more serious gamer. But I feel like a a casual gamer will talk about the Xbox um, and PlayStation games over the Nintendo games. You'll hear the more serious gamers. Like, I follow a lot of gaming and entertainment personalities on Twitter, and they're talking about the Switch over anything else, at at least the way I see it. But you are but, right that Nintendo is marketing for the everyday person. So I have a question for you, and this might sound like this might sound a little weird. Do you believe that there are more hardcore gamers than casual gamers? I would uh, I would I would say there is. It it depends. Um, I I it because depends. well, you have to define is because what's so, your definition? Here's here's what I'm gonna say though. I think the definition of casual gamer is changing. Okay, so here's 
so here's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like casual gamers, though, you're saying hardcore gamers st- um, would be more interested in a Nintendo Switch, right? I would say so, yeah. Okay. So I would argue, though, that casual, I would argue it's the other way. I would say casuals would be more uh, inclined to the Nintendo Switch because, first of all, the console itself is cheaper and the games are cheaper. Um, and I think, I think that, I think that's one of the biggest reasons because, you know, I, I, I don't really think someone who buys a Nintendo Switch is going to want to spend $60 on GTA, $60 on Call of Duty and $60 on Red Dead every single year, or not every year, but, uh, over a small period of time. And, but, you know, with the Nintendo Switch, you know, they, they have all of these, you know, 20 to 40 dollar games you know very rarely do you see a 60 dollar game on the nintendo switch I, uh, I, I think you're missing a big point though i think you're missing how the landscape and and culture of gaming has changed over the past couple of years i mean if you I, I i hate breaking this game up so much just because of how popular it has become and i'm not against popular things it's just it's, a, it's obviously over talked about but look what fortnite has did recently you know, Fortnite comes out and basically it, it, it by itself seems to integrate um, gaming into regular pop culture. Like you see Ninja streaming with guys like Drake and Juju Smith-Schuster, for God's sake. And it's it it I, I think the term casual gamer is is upgrading, if you will. So I, I, I define now a casual gamer who, you know, the casual gamer probably plays every day. It, it's just that type that that type. Now, I would say the casual gamer uh, plays a video game every day, but not for as long. I would argue that the hardcore gamers are the guys who sit down and can, who will play for hours and hours on end, have the longer sessions than a casual gamer. A casual gamer might get on and play, you know, a couple hours of NBA or NHL or, or, or Call of Duty or something, you know, not really be working for any of the big, like, you know, long-term goals, like, you know, trying to get the 10th prestige or anything like that, but they might be, they're probably playing every day. The hardcore gamers are the guys going in and playing these long sessions each day. And they're like, oh, I want to get to ninth prestige by the end of the day, or I want to get to, I want to get this skin by the end of the night. So I will say this, and I, I, I will agree with you in this one aspect that hasn't really been touched on. I feel like another thing that is kind of ending the whole um you know cons you know console you know casual you know casual gamers play this console hardcore players gamers play that console mm-hmm. i feel like something that is kind of uh tying up the loose ends is the whole cross platform thing yep mm-hmm. uh and and i think i feel like that and in, in another way is kind of why the whole definition in itself is changing and there there's work to be done so i you know i i'm not going to pretend to know any, everything about the nintendo switch all I remember is is that like so there there were games that came out for all systems, including Nintendo. The one of the bigger ones was the WWE games. Now those games are buggy as it is, but it was last year or the year before where WWE released their newest game, and it was going it was good on the one, good on the PS4. I, I think it was out for PC as well. It was fine on the PC, but oh my god, the Wii U port was terrible. I don't know <laughs> if you guys ever go if you can go look up video on YouTube of the Wii U port for that game. It I dude. If you want to talk frames per second, you're maybe getting ten. I can't. I can't make this up. So, from my understanding, the Wii U port was terrible. So, now again, I don't know anything about the Switch. I, from my understanding, since it's just a tablet, it. Or I, I don't want to say just a tablet. There's a lot more technology in there that I know nothing about. But 
from a logical standpoint, it seems to me that, yeah, they can run games like Mario Party. They can run games like Mario Kart, which, yeah, they look beautiful, but they're not the most hardcore graphics out on the market. You know, the games you see that are popular on Xbox PlayStation 4, like, look at Red Dead. Look how, you know, their, their, their goal was to be as real as possible. You don't yeah. see those type of games on the Switch. So true full cross-platform is not going to happen for a while until, you know, maybe Nintendo uh, wants to do those... Uh, those cross-platform things. I know there was a joke when PS4 was originally against the whole cross-platform Fortnite thing that Xbox and Nintendo were tweeting at each other asking to play some rounds on Fortnite together. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, it's there, and it's obviously working well for a game like that, but think of how Fortnite is. That's not really a graphically heavy game. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not a a game that's subjected to let's make the most realistic-looking video game on the market. Um, so yeah, you're right about that. And, and yeah, the console wars has been more or less ended, especially since PC gamers rose up out of the ashes. <laughs> right. So let, I mean, let, let's, let's use a uh, example that you and me know very well, Brandy. Like, so you and me, you know, we, we go way back. We started in a call of duty clan together years ago. And oh, yeah. th- th- think of how low tier and not, not on like player skill. You had some of the best players in, you know, on YouTube at the time, but think of how low tier in terms of viewership, the PC uh, Call of Duty players were compared to the guys on Xbox and PlayStation. And it, when, now, whenever, it, whenever you saw a Call of Duty YouTuber on PC, it was literally like, it, it was literally like finding, you know, finding, it was fun, like finding a hidden gem almost. Yeah, and, and it, it's not to say it was ever bad, right? But it, it's just like you know, it, it was kind of weird because kind of the mindset I had back then was like, okay, look, you have this nice computer that can run, you know any video game and you're choosing to play black ops one like (laughs) like, (laughs) i was i was just kind of what i was thinking back then but like one of the things i thought was interesting like and you touched on this like you know it 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 was never a common theme to ever see a um a pc gamer that that, that's you know back in the call duty clan that we had um it was always difficult to recruit pc players always i'm sure there was maybe there was never a point in there was never a point in that clan where I felt like I was in a comfortable enough position to be like, okay, you know, I can put a montage out, you know, you know, twice a month or once every other week or something like that. Right. It, it was uh, just, never just, like that. Just to preface real quick, I want to give some context to Brendy and his statements. He uh he was a PC leader. Like he was the leader for the PC division of a certain clan, uh, Call of Duty clan that was on YouTube years ago. Uh, right. So he he was the one in charge of trying to recruit, uh, you know, when sniping montages were the shit, uh, getting PC members to, um, you know, come to the the team. And that a lot of his members were international players. Um, you know, the American or even Canadian or European players would always be, uh, mostly xbox or playstation based so it, yeah, it was just I'm, always I'm, interesting i'm trying to think like i i'm pretty sure like i did not have a single american pc player i do not yeah. think that's insane uh, that's how i saw most were most were european no i just wanted to say we actually have some breaking news into the podcast um Uh-oh. kareem hunt has been placed on the commissioner's exempt list oh geez. so he's unable wow. to practice or obviously play until uh, everything basically gets um, looked at. Uh, I'm reading through an ESPN article now. I'm just making sure I won't, won't miss it. You know it. what? You know what? It's the right call right now. 
Um, yeah, so, I think so. Hey, 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 it's all, it's only, you know, whatever gets looked into, I'm not going to swing one way or the other. I do not know everything. Uh, let's, you know, this. So, this yeah, this is the right I'm, move. For anybody who kind of doesn't know what this is, um, yeah, basically, just uh, he can't practice, play, or attend games until the investigation is over, and then they make a decision on what they're going to do. Um, but it does not count against the uh, 53-man roster, so essentially they can sign somebody if they wanted to right now. Okay. Um, but basically, it's he, he will remain on this list until they conduct the investigation. Uh, in my opinion, he's probably done for the year, um, yeah. including playoffs. Um, but yeah, this uh, this looks like what they're going to do. Like I said, I'm just reading through. Um, the league said that it will begin uh, immediately. The investigation immediately. Um, include, I'm sorry, I'm just reading. We'll include a review of the new information that was made. But okay, so they're just saying about uh, what was released today. Um, so like I said, uh, Kareem Hunt basically, um, you know done uh until we find out more information and they make a decision um sorry to cut you guys off but yeah that was what we were talking about so i did want to mention that and that's obviously big oh, news it's good that you got that out yeah Brandy, is that real the picture you just sent yeah i that is a hundred percent real that is call of like the picture on the right is the call of duty black ops one campaign on the wii which, by the way, by the Holy way, crap. by the way, I just want to mention something about Black Ops One. So I, there was one day I was in this really strange mood, and I I wanted to watch the Black Ops One campaign. I did not want to play. I didn't. I don't have the game anymore. But I don't. I didn't want to play it. But that campaign was so goddamn yeah, good. That story mode was so goddamn good. I found somebody who played through the entire campaign with no commentary, as if it was like a movie. Like yep. it was actually nuts, and I was watching that. This was like over the summer. Hot take: um, you you can uh, you can think this is a hot take or not. Black right. Ops One best Call of Duty campaign. Ooh. Well, I mean, <laughs> he was on the button before he even thought about it. <laughs> well, yep. I'll say it is a hot take, but I'm agreeing with you on this one Ooh. by by a mile and a half. <laughs> I I honestly cannot think of a more memorable campaign. Uh, Black Ops One. There was only one, one or two. Uh, Modern Warfare Two. Oh, you watch well, the missions. I'm sorry, that's what I was gonna ask. Did you say the Black Ops or COD in general? It's the best one. Out of uh, no, I'm said, saying Black said... Ops One is the best Call of Duty campaign. Oh, okay. I'm. I just wanted to clarify. Like I thought yeah. you meant like over two and three as well. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, that's obvious. But yeah, two was yeah. Black Ops Two. I, I don't even remember doing anything. I know I beat it. I just Black Ops Two was pretty good. It was okay, and then Modern Warfare Two was an okay story with very good levels, like and no I Russian, thought... and and even when uh, spoiler alert, even though you are so late if you don't know what happened in this campaign, <laughs> uh, ten years ago, when when, she- when Shepard with the Shepard betrayal, yeah. Um, when he Mommy, thanks for getting me Modern Warfare Two, but I just want to watch this podcast really first, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Yeah, with Ghost and all. Now, like, I mean, I'm not even going to say anything on that, because I, I think Black, it's probably is Black Ops 1, but you know my bias with MW2, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Black Ops 1, I think, had, I, I, by a mile and a half, the, 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 the best campaign out of all the cops so far. And really quick before we move on, I just want to say, I felt like Call of Duty Ghosts actually had a pretty good campaign. It did. Riley was a motherfucking beast, dude. Yep. 
Ryan, I, I, I didn't like I that game. I hated that multiplayer, but oh, the man. campaign was actually good. <laughs> I hated the multiplayer. Man, I cannot believe we have a friend uh, who I don't know if what his name mentioned, so I mentioned him, he, who, uh, who we've not, me and Brandy have known for a long time across seas, who found a newfound love for the game after Advanced Warfare came out, and I will never understand why. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Yep. Nope. I, he was you obsessed. Are, yeah, it was ridiculous. And he was going for clips, and I was just like, "Why? Why am I?" He he was as as obsessed with that game as like I was as like as for Imagine Dragons back in the day. It is. It was ridiculous, but I know we kind of got into a different conversation with the Switch, but yeah, it is definitely impressive. The sw- What I really like about Nintendo is they're not they're not like you know it's like oh let's make the uh, newest black box that sits on your. Uh, <laughs> on your entertainment center, let's make something that's cool. And the Nintendo Switch, I think, is is the answer between you know home gaming and mobile gaming. You see people bringing them on planes and and, and other forms of transportation all the damn time. It it you know you can move that stuff and you can continue playing Super Mario Party or Super Smash or Pokemon or whatever on the go. It, it's kind of ridiculous. And I'm not I hate mobile games. They drive me crazy. But um you know I I would they they came up with a concept and it went off and deservedly so. Um, and the, the Mario games are, you know, I, I've always, you know, saying recycling the same thing over and over again is a bad thing. Nintendo, it doesn't exist. It straight up does not exist. They can, can make Mario Party and Mario Kart to the end of time and it won't get bad ever. It just <laughs> won't. It just straight up won't. Uh, yeah. and, that's, I... and that's, you know, part of what, uh, you know, a part of gaming that sometimes gets missing is the, the just the the memories you have, I'm sure you can have plenty of memories from Mario Kart over memories you may have from trying to grind Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Like it's right. just, you know, I, you know, it's so easy to just plug in four controllers into, you know, Wii and play Mario Kart, and you know, you're all screaming at each other. It's a good ass time. You know, it's something that sometimes goes missing from, uh, you know, Xbox and PlayStation World games. Um, so yeah, it's and Nintendo is interesting. Interesting. I really like their the the constant innovation. Oh, also, they want to mention something real quick about them, just real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, a couple of years ago, there was uh, Nintendo came out uh, basically against online content with their games. I don't know if anybody remembers this or not. So they had a problem with people making uh, monetizing monetizing content that featured Nintendo's content. Well, they actually released last week a new set of rules in terms of. Uh, how to monetize their content and god they are so free it's ridiculous mm-hmm. um it's, it's basically yeah do whatever the hell you want except post just the gameplay like don't do that um otherwise we don't have a problem um so, I mention yeah I, we kind of went off the tangent there but yeah um we kind of got interrupted by the uh news with cream hunt but um we're gonna go to our big topics now and the first one is uh now that the uh Championship uh, conference championship games are set. Uh, some are going on right now as we speak, actually, for college football. We wanted to kind of touch on them, preview them, kind of give our take. Uh, also, if you guys want to do this real quick, I don't know. Bobby, you might have it. I don't know if Brandy does, but uh, I went back and found my predictions from the beginning of the season. I, I didn't in these games. Okay, I didn't think you wrote them down. Uh, I have mine, though, um, so I kind of just wanted to compare with uh, what we have now. but. Uh, we're going to go through the Power Five, as we did back uh, in August. Uh, the first what, game, which is you, ha- I, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. So this is what, when we did our preview? 
Yeah, it's the second episode. Uh, I had mine on my notes uh, of, of I things. Should have mine. Okay, just want to make sure because I can look through my, uh, yeah. my stuff here. Damn, I don't uh, think I have mine. Yeah, I don't think you had wrote them down. But I, just, I, I wanted to go back and see if I could find them real quick, and I did because I wanted to see how they add up. But uh, the first game, uh, like I said, we're going to get through Power 5 here. The first game that um, is currently going on right now, it's in the first quarter, is the Pac-12 championship game between Washington and Utah. Uh, I think we all had Washington going there. Now, they had kind of a disappointing – I won't say a disap- No, I would say a disappointing season, actually, <laughs> for their standards. Um, they had aspirations of getting to the college football playoffs. And I, see, I don't really know if they're if it was that disappointing, though. No, I, well, I'm on the fence about it. And I only say – I would only say disappointing if – just because, like, they, they were a team that a lot of people said that – you know, could be in the college football playoffs. You had, what was it, week one or two, they lost to Auburn. And that week was, one, yeah. yeah, that was kind of the one that hurt them because they were like, if they can win that game, you kind of deal with your conference games and go from there. Um, I'm looking at their, yeah, so they lost to Auburn week one. Their other loss is, is Oregon, who were 17th at the time, and um, California. California. So, you know, kind of take it i mean they did you know they did beat uh, washington state last week so i mean that's a big one but um right now they're 11th in the polls uh they're playing uh utah like i said as we speak who's ranked 17th who i uh looking back at my predictions i had uh usc in but i remember making this prediction and being like i know it's going to be washington versus somebody i don't know who that other team is uh, I think I was between USC and Utah and picked the wrong team. So, um, do, do you have what my predictions were? Because I, I no, have no idea. But I, for some reason, and I don't know why I have a memory like this. For some reason, I want to say you picked Utah. Uh, don't quote me on that. But I um, mean, I would like to, but yeah. <laughs> I just uh, like being uh, right because I, I remember, we know. I, I the only reason I say that is because All right, Bobby. Um, you know, I had picked USC, and you're like, why did you pick them? I was like, there's not really another team I like. And I think the team you had said after me was Utah, who uh, had a really, you know. No, I, 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 feel like you're, I feel like you're right. I, I feel like you're right about Utah. I don't know about Washington, though. Um, I remember with Utah, I was specifically like, look, you know, Utah has had, you know, the past oh, couple of yeah. seasons have been very good for them. I feel like this is their year. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it wasn't their year, but they did get to a com- uh, to a conference champions championship game. Yeah, I mean, they had a good year. I'm looking at their schedule. They're uh, they had uh, they went nine and three. They had a loss to Washington in week three, um, and then they had a loss to Arizona State, which hurts. And they, they had they State. had a pretty they had a pretty easy schedule. Like they quite honestly could they they're record could be you know one or two wins better i, I mean you say. you look at their losses though it was against washington who was ranked 10 at the time and washington state who wasn't ranked at the time but now they're like what eight i think yeah so, um but you know. then arizona state that's just like okay can't lose yeah, that that <laughs> that one hurts <laughs> yeah um, but no i think they had, had a pretty good year nine and three um like i said this game is currently being played, uh, uh, Jake Browning still uh, doing his thing. Miles Gaskin, not I, I. I had high expectations for Gaskin. I mean, he's had an okay year, but um, you know. Yeah, since that game's kind of going on right now, we're probably yeah. gonna have to skip our predictions for that one. But that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it is zero zero, but that's you know that's fine. We can kind of 
uh, skip over that. The uh, next one uh, on the slate is uh, a big one. Uh, I mean, they're all big, but this one has implications with the college football playoff. It's the Big 12 championship game where nobody plays defense in that conference. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Oklahoma, who uh, we all expected to be here, I'm pretty sure. They're ranked fifth in the nation right now at 11-1, 8-1 in Big 12 play uh, versus number 14, Texas. Uh, nine and three on the year. Uh, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray doing his thing. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, I was going to add this to the quick pick, but I can actually add it now, is that uh, there's a story out there that Ky- Kyler Murray is going to go uh, with baseball over football. He was drafted last year by the Athletics uh, in the first round, and that is still his aspiration. So looks like after this year, his uh, football career looks like it might be over, but um, man, he can be my quarterback anytime. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's, they've had a, an insane year. Um, that game is tomorrow. The line on that game is minus seven and a half Oklahoma. I thought that'd be a little bit more. The crazy thing though, is the over under, really? which I always like looking at for big 12 games, the over under 78 points. Uh, I'm taking the over. Yeah. Which you're looking at, <laughs> you know, 40 points per team, which I feel like is very easy to hit. Um, yeah. And I want to see. I know I had Oklahoma. Let's see, Big uh, Big Twelve. I had Oklahoma versus TCU. I know you definitely had TCU because you were very high on TCU. I was high on TCU. I had a, <laughs> I, I I had what I I had Oklahoma and TCU right. I yeah, think. and you had TCU in the, the college football playoff, I believe. Yeah, I I I, I had them <laughs> ranked three or four. I remember that. I man, TCU. Why you got to disappoint me like that, man? But. <laughs> It, I don't know. Maybe they'll be back next year, um, wow. but I don't know. So with Texas, I've never been really sold on Texas because I think Texas is just a completely overrated program. Um, every every fucking year. All right, but anyway, they they definitely have uh, have shown uh, that they can play with the big boys. They've defeated. Uh, USC. They defeated TCU when they were ranked at the time. Not sure what that means now. By the way, just to note, the only Oklahoma loss this year was to Texas. Right. So. Um, they def- uh, Oklahoma's ranked 7 at the time. Now they're ranked 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, it'll be a rematch uh, at at Arlington. So we'll see how that goes. And then uh, they also beat Iowa, uh, Iowa State. So Texas is definitely um, kind of silence the haters i guess i i really don't like saying that <laughs> um but they've definitely done well and with uh with oklahoma man this is these teams though like they're matched up against each other really well yeah and i gotta say this is crazy to me yo the the lowest scoring the, the lowest score that the oklahoma has this year is 28 uh, and the rest of the score, the the points you're looking at, they put up 63 in week one, 49 in week two, 37, 66, 40, uh, yeah. 45, 52. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's like yeah. what? And there's no defense played. They're um, literally like just putting like you know orange cones out for defense. It, it, but here's the thing with you know Oklahoma being. Um, you know, where they are, like they're one, depending on the result of the Alabama Georgia game, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit, they could sneak in, uh, cause they're the, the, what the first team that's looking out that wants to be in, um, you know, 
all their games are like somewhat close. Uh, no, not all of them, obviously, but like even like they played like Oklahoma State, they only won by one. They played Texas Tech, only won by five. Um, you know, they played Army, only won by seven. Like they do have some weird scores on their on their record. I mean, obviously they're eleven on one, so at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Just mm-hmm. worth noting. Um, I just <laughs> yeah, if I'm a quarterback. Out of high school, I know what division I'm going or conference I'm going to, rather. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Crazy. Number um, one pick. <laughs> Kyler Murray, though, 37 TDs on the year, uh, a little over 3,500 yards. Um, crazy. Uh, yep, hopefully baseball works out for him, too. I know. I was going to say, I mean, he would be a top pick in the, you know, top quarterback pick at, at least, uh, if, you know, that wasn't the case. But yeah. Uh, oh, if well, I good for him, though. If I had a prediction this game, I do see Oklahoma showing up. Um, and because, you know, they have a lot to fight for. Like I said, if they win, uh, they're depending on the result of the other games. Um, you know, they, they could be in that college football playoff. Do I believe they should be in? Um, man, it really, like I said, is going to depend on that Georgia game tomorrow. Um, yeah. But, so really quick before you say anything else, I just want to, Mm-hmm. Get my prediction really quick. Um, I I would definitely have Oklahoma winning this. Um, I have them. I I would probably have them getting fifty or more points, but still losing by like three. Because <laughs> yeah. just just because you know, like you said, the Big Twelve, the the conference of uh of no defense. Yeah. <laughs> um, crazy. So I would have Oklahoma winning. I I feel like they're just overall the better team. I feel like, you know, the Texas team, I, I feel like both teams are a little bit different now compared to where they were on October 6th. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see if it's a uh, revenge game or if it just turns out to be uh, Texas as a better team. But I'll have uh, Oklahoma winning by uh, probably by a field goal. I could see that game ending like 59-54 or something like that. Like that's a very... <laughs> Definitely. Um, all right. We move on to the big one. Uh, number one, Alabama versus number four, Georgia uh, in the SEC championship game. Uh, so much on the line here because, um, you know, uh, Alabama's 12-0. and They're talked about they're the number one team, of course, is Alabama. You think of college football, think of it about Alabama. However, there's like, you know, and, and I think it's a – I don't want to say a stigma, but there's a belief out there that – they, if they lose this game, not that they would be necessarily in trouble to get knocked out, but you could consider knocking them out of the college football playoffs just because of the schedule they've had this year. Um, you know, it, it's kind of always a knock on on them. Um, you know, you look at their games; they mm. played Louisville, Arkansas State, uh, Ole Miss. Um, I don't even know what the fuck. What even college is this? What? Louisiana, oh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, like, who the fuck are these teams? <laughs> the Citadel, like, you know. Okay, I will admit, though, like, that Citadel game, like, ended up being kind of intriguing. I know, because of the halftime score, but still, like, who are you, like, these teams that they're playing? I, um, I remember, like I, like, I wasn't watching the game because I was, like, getting ready for work, but, like, before I left for work, I saw... Uh, the Citadel was trending worldwide. And I was like, what the hell is the Citadel trending worldwide? Like, yeah. <laughs> click on it, and it's like, 
Citadel, Alabama tied 14 to 14 at halftime. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to happen. <laughs> and then Alabama came to play the second half. And then, the, yeah, the final score ended up being, it was 14 14 at half. The final score was 50 to 17. So, so, um, so, uh, really quick, you touched on Alabama's schedule really quick. Mm-hmm. I want to say them getting knocked out of the college football playoff with a loss, I feel like that would only happen if Georgia, um, one in a blowout, which I don't think is yeah. going to happen. No. Uh, I feel like if it's a one or two possession game, Alabama's still going to stay in. And the reason I'm saying that is because I actually don't think uh, so. Like they haven't had a hard schedule, but I don't feel like they have just an overall easy schedule because you. I'm looking at the ranked teams that they've defeated. Mm-hmm. You know, they've defeated number 22 Texas A&M. Uh, by 18 points. Uh, actually, that's no, sorry, 22 points. Um, and they yeah. defeated number four LSU in a shutout, 29 yeah. to zero. Number 18 Mississippi State, 24 to zero in a shutout. If I, I think the community should be ashamed of themselves if they let a one last Alabama that loses to Georgia by like one or two possessions. If they knock him out of the college football playoff, they should be ashamed. No, I agree. I, I I I only bring that up because a lot of people were. I I don't know if it was more of them stirring the pot or not, but um, yeah, I think that actually I don't even know. I have LSU being ranked three here in that game. It doesn't matter either way, three or four. Um, you have a you know a, they won by twenty nine and shut it out, and then the following week to shut out another ranked team. Uh, yep. it's pretty impressive. So. Uh, I th- <clears throat> I believe actually I'm not sure because I want to say we all had Georgia versus Alabama, but now I'm trying to think. Did you have you might have had South Carolina? No, I I may have had. I think you did different in the. I think I you think, had South Carolina. I think you're correct. I think I had Alabama and South Carolina. Right. I can't remember. Like I'm. Literally, kind of thinking off South Carolina, head. another team I was kind of high on coming off of the uh, coming off the Outback Bowl. Yeah, and then that uh, I mean they they had a kind of a rough year. Which um, which quite honestly, like I feel like I should have seen that coming because they lost a lot a lot of defensive players, uh, yeah. graduation and some transfers as well. So I. That was kind of me or my fault for not doing enough research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but mean, <laughs> but I mean, I at least I got Alabama. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just I wanted to look at the game line for that too. I mean, the game line for that is minus twelve and a half Alabama. Um, I almost I mean I don't know Georgia's ranked four. The games I've seen them like they look okay. Uh, I do I I no I should say they look good, but there's some things that I don't like about Georgia. Like, I think that hold them back. Um, I don't know. I, I, I always like looking at the game lines. Speaking of game lines, we'll be looking at <laughs> our next game, the ACC championship game. You got Clemson, number two, also 12-0, and um, versus Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh went 7-5. Uh, I'm sorry, 6-2 and in the ACC. Went 7-5 and overall. And look, I know Pittsburgh is unranked and it's Clemson, but it's just so astonishing to me that in a conference championship game, Clemson is a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. Yep. I don't, I don't know what over under like, fifty-three points. Yeah, like 
I I don't know. It's just weird to me. I don't know why, but like it just is. Um, I guess the you know I, I don't want to say the big story, but something that I had mentioned at the beginning of the year that we kind of that happened and we really didn't touch on again was that Trevor Lawrence, uh, Clemson's QB, uh, came in after Kelly Bryant. Uh, what did he get hurt or I forget? If, I can't remember if he got hurt or it was bad play. Uh, but sure. Trevor Lawrence came in, kind of stole the job. And I had, I remember actually having my notes here saying, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is probably the number one, uh, one of the top QBs, um, you, you know, when he does go to the draft, he's going to be one of the top QBs, I think. And, right. uh, he, and he did come in and win the QB battle. Um, so that was interesting. Right. And really quick, I just want to touch up on Pittsburgh really quick. So they have beaten a couple or like a handful of um, decent opponents uh, this season. They beat uh, a number 23 Virginia uh, at the time, uh, not too long ago. Um, and they also beat, in my opinion, is a very underrated Syracuse team. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think they're very underrated. Um, so, look, is it these are championship games, so anything could happen. I think it's safe to say, I think, I think it's almost a lock. Like, this is probably the safest of the picks for, you know, the championship games for Clemson to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, anything could happen in, the, in these championship games, and this could all be part of a, uh, upcoming nightmare scenario for the uh college football playoff if uh <laughs> if Clemson ends up losing to Pittsburgh. That would raise a lot of hell. By the way, I have to mention this. So the team that I had facing Clemson in my predictions was Miami. What the fuck happened to Miami this year, man? Like, I don't know. Like everybody's like, oh Miami's back. Miami's back. First week of the season they lose L S U. So that's whatever. Can't remember um, who I had. I think I had Virginia Tech. I think Maybe. you did too. I I'm like uh, I I'm shooting myself in the foot for not going back and like looking yeah. at my predictions. <laughs> That's but. why I, I had wrote them down just because I wanted to see if it was interesting. Um, like I thought it was interesting, but like so this is Miami's kind of how I I just need to touch on this because I think it's very interesting. So the first week of the season they lose to LSU. But then they have um, four very easy games uh, that they win uh, pretty handily. Then they have the FSU game, which they won, which FSU, that's another team that, holy shit, what the fuck happened to them? Yep. And then you had four straight losses to Virginia, Boston College, Duke, and Georgia Tech. And that was just kind of uh, – <laughs> that, that just sunk them. <laughs> yep. Um, and I was very high on them. Uh, not – I shouldn't say very high on them. I thought that they would be that I thought that they would come out of the coastal. They didn't, they had a very disappointing season and, you know, credit to Pittsburgh. I think they, you know, they had a decent year. Um, you know, I'm looking at their results, uh, almost upset Notre Dame at the time. Uh, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they did lose to Miami last week, actually. Um, but you know they have some wins. Uh, you got you know over Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke. So uh, I think uh, you know I think you kind of summed it up perfectly. This should be a, a out of all the championship games, this is the one that should not be hard to predict. Uh, we <laughs> both definitely, we all definitely have uh, Clemson. Holy shit! Kareem Hunt just got released. What? Yo, what? What? 
I'm not kidding. He just what? got released. Yeah, he did. What's your source? Uh, Ian uh, Rappaport. Uh, VSP. Well, I got it from ESPN. Um, Here, I just retweeted it. He got... Wow. Holy shit. What the fuck just happened today? Wow. <laughs> I... Um, uh, okay. Um. Huh. We this, almost didn't report on this today, by the way. Uh, we didn't, and I'm so glad that you told us to report on this. <laughs> you know, every, every once in a while, I'm right. It, uh, it happens... You know, few I know. See I, here now, Bobby. All right, so hold on. I no, I don't want to be right about this. All right, hold on a second. So this means there's it, it's going to be bad. Like yeah. it might be like career over kind of bad. <laughs> I, I okay. So Jesus Christ. All right, let's. All right, let's. You know what? Let's do this. Let's. I'm making a producer's call here. Let's finish, let's finish the. Uh, you guys finish the, uh, I know I haven't said much, the college football preview. You guys know what you're doing. Let's finish this up. Let's wrap that up. And then I will keep an eye on this pre-month thing and maybe we'll make a couple more notes. Okay. All, all we have left to talk about is the Big Ten anyway. Yeah. yeah okay. I, yep. I, I kind of want to see, I'm going to, I, what I want you to do for me is, uh, I want to see the reaction on Twitter, uh, um, from everybody. That's cause I, man. Yeah. Just stick with that while we're talking. Yeah, that, we'll do. I I only say that because it just escalated. Like it was only you know one. You're looking like eight hours ago. This video came out, and where we are now, crazy. Wow. Um, look at a uh, look. Look at what I tagged you in. Christ Almighty, that's crazy. Oh. Yeah. All right. So. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, all right. We're still live. We're still live. So yeah, we got. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we're gonna finish up with the Big Ten. Uh, that's crazy, though. Um, the uh, Big Ten championship, which unfortunately does not involve my Michigan Wolverines. Me and Bobby, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, after the beat down that I don't want to talk about that happened last week, uh, they faced Northwestern. Um, yep. I actually had Ohio State being in the game. Yeah, I had Ohio State too, and. What the Western Division? I'm. I think I had Wisconsin. I, I did, which I think we all had. Wisconsin. Wisconsin had a. Oh know, my again. fucking god, Wisconsin! You talk about they. They were the, ranked four at the beginning of the season. What happened? I know, like, like you know. Again, I don't want to. Like, I feel like I'm saying this for all the teams, but you got teams that are just really disappointed this year. Um, either way, again, uh, this has some big implications on the college football playoff. Uh, if Ohio State wins this game, which they should, um, and you kind of have to watch the results of the other games, do they get in? You know, they're going to need some help. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, they're going to have to win their game probably by a lot and get some results from the other games. Um, but my God, Dwayne Haskins, the year that he's having, he carved up Michigan's defense last week. He's got 4,000 yards, 42 TDs on the season. Um, incredible year. J.K. Dobbins having a pretty good a good year as well. I'll, you know, probably will hit 1,000 yards on the season after this game and eight TDs. Um, and Paris Campbell, again, a guy, Paris Campbell, excuse me, a guy who just fucking lit up Michigan last week um, as a receiver, 72 receptions and 903 yards with 11 TDs on the year. Um, I, you know what? I, I, I think we both see this game going one way. I do want to give a shout out, though, to Northwestern. They had a, a really good year conference-wise. Yep. Um, they actually went um, – 
all their eight wins were from conference, <laughs> uh, which was kind of crazy. So they, they had only three, have one they, conference loss. Yeah, and, and they I'm only pretty have, sure yeah. who, who was that against? That was against uh, Michigan, right? Yeah, against Michigan, who we barely beat them. <laughs> we only won by three points. Yeah. So, uh, and then their other loss, well, they lost to Notre Dame. Uh, they lost to Akron. That one hurts. Uh, yeah. And Duke. Um, but, you know, they took care of business in conference, and that's what matters. Um, and, and they, you know, leaped uh, over Wisconsin, who um, not even leaped, like – Wisconsin finished the conference five and four, and then you have Northwestern at eight and one. So it wasn't even close. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think uh, I I think this game goes one way. But I just you know Northwestern had a you know really good year in conference, and uh, they uh, deserved some recognition. So um, just just as uh, just as the NFL um, you know weekly preview show does on on Fox, I'm gonna. Have uh, my upset of the week. I'm gonna say that oh. North. I'm gonna say that Northwestern takes the cake on this one. And my reasoning behind this is that they are. Uh, yep, I know it's a hot take. <laughs> uh, my reasoning behind this is the fact that I feel like Northwestern is. Well, I feel like Northwestern in is in a very good spot um, for um, how they're playing right now. Um, so and again, this has more to do with Northwestern than it does with like me degrading Ohio State. I've I, Ohio State, you know, them defeating Michigan, like blowing them out, I felt like was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Northwestern, you know, and again, like I said, it, it it is a championship game. Anything could happen. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go with Northwestern for this one, which is gonna add on to the uh, nightmare scenario. So me being a Michigan fan. Um, I hate Ohio State. They're obviously I hate them so much. Um, they're my least favorite team in the country, and uh, you know I hate them. However, I gotta say this. So they were. Uh, I don't even know what their ranking was at the beginning of the season, but I know they're top five. I want to say they win their first um, one, two, three, four, five, seven games of the season, and. Uh, then they lose the one to Purdue, and they dropped in the rankings, like like dropped. And like I, I I hate them, but like I thought they dropped a little bit too much. Like I I don't know if you remember, Brandy. I want to say they were like three or four and dropped to like fifteen or something. It was like crazy. I'm um, sorry. What what was the matchup? So well, I was saying when they lost to Purdue, um, they. I think they're ranked like three or four and then dropped after that loss to like fifth. Like I want to, so at the time, at the time, Ohio state was ranked number two. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I knew they were up there in the top 10. Okay. Or the top five rather. Okay. Do yep. you know what they dropped? Like I, I think it was, they went, they, so they started out at two and then they dropped down to eight. Okay, I even thought it was more than that. Damn. Okay. Either way, I thought that was a pretty big drop. Um, but you know what? They handled their business throughout the rest of the year. They uh, beat uh, MSU and then obviously Michigan, the big one, and they put themselves. Uh, you know, at the, all they could do is put themselves in the conversation. And they've done that. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I I just can't see them. <sighs> 
It's intriguing. <laughs> it it's is. In, it's intriguing to think that Northwestern might do it. Um, Clayton Thorson, uh, not, you know, I don't know. I, I want to say they're going to get upset, but I just can't do it. Well, I'll take the upset then. How about that? <laughs> um, all right. And uh, that is our uh, little bit of a preview for that. Uh, I'm like almost 100% positive when the playoffs come out. We would talk about that and our predictions there. Uh, man, I got to say, I said at the beginning of the year that I was a casual college football fan and wanted to get more into it this year. I am so glad I did. College football is so fun to watch. Yeah, and, and the matchups from week to week, and and um, it, it's just crazy to me. Uh, but – uh, we are running very uh, late on time, so we're going to move swiftly along, along to uh, Brandy's in case you missed the segment. All right, so this week's In Case You Missed It, boys. Let's get started. So I'm sure you guys have heard that Starbucks has announced that they are going to, uh, if you're connected to their Wi-Fi, they are going to block all pornography on on their websites. (laughs) I'm sure you guys have heard of that. I Uh, have, but it's just funny. because, Because I don't really know, why the hell would you be watching porn in public on Starbucks Wi-Fi anyway? Uh, right. And anyway, so uh, in retaliation to this, uh, um, the popular uh, NSFW website known as uh, YouPorn has announced <laughs> a- as a result of this, they are going to ban Starbucks inside of their offices. So their <laughs> workers are no longer allowed to drink Starbucks. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh my uh, God, and it and it, it came from a report from uh, I I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'll just say she's a reporter from the DC Examiner. Um, <laughs> but uh, and apparently other porn companies are uh, are considering uh, hopping on this uh, this bandwagon. So, do you think that they're doing the right thing, guys? <laughs> uh, I I just I just I want to. Uh... <laughs> I want to say something about you porn real quick because they're hilarious. Uh, they had an esports team for a while. No, no. yeah. Oh no, I'm not even. I'm not even joking. <laughs> okay. uh, I so I I wanted to look this up because I wanted to make sure I was thinking of the right people. I had to be very careful what I googled just now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, so they they had a, a team in the electronic sports league uh, called Team YP, and it was I mean, its primary sponsor was Uporn, hence the uh, Team YP. Which, by the way, they have a uh, uh, they had a uh, players in Super Smash, so take that as uh, as you will. Oh, uh, so, um, but they apparently got banned out a couple years ago. But it was a thing. I remember that being a thing. So I just I need to I need to remember uh, I need to remember what that was, but. That is freaking funny. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's so apparently if you if you get caught um drinking some Starbucks while you're working at your, you know, you porn, you know, I mean, desk. You know what? I want to thank you porn just for the simple fact that Starbucks is the most overpriced 
bullshit <laughs> coffee I've ever had. I drink coffee every goddamn morning, and I'm not paying $6 for ash. That's basically <laughs> what you're getting. Dunkin' all the way. Can't change my mind. Or, you know what? Wawa. Wawa needs to be included in that conversation. Yeah. In terms of fast, quick coffee. In terms of fast, quick coffee. I'll say that. That's, that's funny. <laughs> that is freaking funny. I, I, that's, that's funny. What's, uh, what's your next story, Brundy? All right. So my next story is going to be very near and dear to Bobby. So, uh, I'm sure you've heard this, Bobby. So, uh, I'm just, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, as you know, uh, Gritty, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers mascot, uh, has already made his case for uh, being the I know, best, the, be- the best, <laughs> the best mascot in professional sports. Yep, and he has done everything as far as making fans happy to running for Congress. You name it, he, you know, he he's gonna do it. So, and of course, well, one thing that he has yet to do uh, until recently. Hit a half court shot, and he has just <laughs> recently done that at a game, uh, at a Rutgers game to be specific. I, it, you know, it's funny. I literally just seen that video on my timeline thirty seconds ago. It was it's weird that you bring that up now. <laughs> you, yep. it, 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 here, <laughs> here's the funniest thing about Grady. Goes from he comes out, everyone goes, including myself, go, "What in the fuck is this creature?" Yeah, I know. And, and and to be literally right now the most loved mascot in sports right now. I okay. took a bullet for gritty. He's like he's like the uh, he's like the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights of mascots. His inaugural year, he's doing all these crazy things. Literally, one of the first pictures he posted was the the picture of the wine glass. Remember yeah, that picture? And then yeah, yeah, and also earlier a couple weeks ago, he made a bid for Person of the Year on Time Magazine. That, that's where I thought Brandy was going with that. Yeah, the whole uh, Person of the Year. He's coming down from the ceiling. He's he's the, the the butt of all memes in sports right now, and he's hitting half court shots. So uh, every time mascot news comes up, anything to do with the fanatic or even any other uh, mascot outside of the Philadelphia area, I want. Each and every news article story to go in the gritty era, just like they did with the Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah, That's what I they want. should. And I just want to say really quick two questions. First of all, how the hell do you hit a half court shot in that suit? That's number two, funny. how the hell do you do? You do a fu- number two, how do you do a fucking split in that suit? I see. Which is what he, which is what he did after, like, as celebration of him hitting his half court <laughs> shot. He did a fucking split. <laughs> that was so, yeah. I, I literally not a full split, that. but like still, still a fucking split. Like fucking damn, dude. Like this man can do anything or this thing, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, we, no, we never, never said what it is. Yeah, and it, it's it's we guys. I'm sorry, but we we don't deserve gritty. We we don't. <laughs> we no, don't. We don't we really at don't. all. At all. He came at a great time. I gotta say. Yeah. He so, came at a great time in the world. Yeah, that that's it, it is such a great time. Uh but uh we're gonna go ahead and move on. Um Bobby, did you have some uh news for us? Oh, so Kareem Hunt, this is getting fun on Twitter right now. You have no idea. All right. <laughs> so let me fill you in. All right, so he gets released. Everyone knows the the Chiefs have released the official statement. Um so the apparently the release was not about the incident. It was the fact that the Chiefs were actually made aware of it after it happened. And right. apparently he lied to the organization about what, what happened. And the video was damning. 
and I guess the Chiefs decided we cannot trust this guy anymore, so he's gone. So, so that's so, that's really interesting because the initial reports were just that that the Chiefs had no idea, and everyone is like, "There's no way!" Like, come on, and yeah, uh, everyone knows. If that's the case. Let that's, me. Uh, that's crazy. Let me read the official statement real quick. Give me a second. Let me just pull it back up because I am all over the place on Twitter. So the, this, the, is, this I, is. I can I can read it really quick if you need me to. I got it. Uh, so this is the coming from the Chiefs official Twitter account. Uh, and it says, and I quote: Earlier this year, we were made aware of an incident involving running back Kareem Hunt. At that time, the National Football League and law enforcement initiated investigations into the issue. As part of our internal discussions with Kareem, several members of our management team spoke directly to him. Kareem was not truthful in those discussions. The video released today confirms that fact, and we are releasing Kareem immediately today, um, or immediately. So, all right. <laughs> so I feel a little more comfortable talking about this. I'm not going to get into what what started this and what started that. I'm not interested. Uh, I'm interested in, in what a lot of people are interested in right now is why was nothing done. And so my understanding with it, and I, I God, I I hate quoting TMZ and or even talking about TMZ. I, I get it that they get it first, but if they never get it right. Mm-hmm. It, it just, I, I'm sorry. It, it I. I- I, I just I, want. I just. I just want to say the only reason I linked that TMZ article was because it was the only. Oh, I know. Only way I could find the video. I know. I understand that. I. I did. I, I didn't even watch the video at the time. I just read what the article was, and the article got into like this, that, and the other thing, and I. I just wasn't about it. But yeah, no, you were fine. I knew you were just trying to link the video. I was just making a point. Please, dear God, do not cite anything <laughs> from that article because I. We don't know what's what yet. All this right. is not the first time Bobby no. has went on. A- tangent about TMZ. <laughs> I cannot stand them. I'll I'll tell a story another time, but not right now. Um. Anyway, so here's what I don't understand. So I, I guess what TMZ said was, I thought they said something along the lines of, there was an investigation and no charges were filed. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> yeah, so that's why I said before, like, char- wait, you said charges were filed? No. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I mentioned before. They were I, not fired. No, fired. Nobody, nobody was arrested at the time, and and no charges were filed. Um, so they, that just might be a personal decision by whoever that woman is, because mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it is. Because I, my understanding, according again, according to the CMZ article, so please, dear God, take all this with a grain of salt for right now, is that they, uh, the, the police were called to the scene, but nobody got arrested. And no charges were filed at all. So, what? <laughs> yeah, I um, I I really don't understand this. So, uh, I I'm lost right now. I'm I'm legitimately lost right now. So, um, okay, good on the Chiefs, I guess. Um, if he was lying about the issue, I I don't want to completely say guilty of this or guilty of that. I mean, that video obviously shows him, you know, being this woman, which you know I'm never going to condone, but. Yeah, I there's there, there's obviously some story missing with a lot of this, right? I'm not gonna say that even the story the story does not justify his actions, right? Uh, but I'm a big believer in context. So if it was something along the lines of she swung first, which so far there hasn't been any mention of that happening, and he did it, then maybe that's something that the organization looks at. But that's a gray area that I'm really trying not to get into at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but by itself. I guess this was a good move. I can't say it. And I think I highly believe that Kansas city wasn't going to do anything, but if, if cream didn't lie about the situation uh, and nothing came out of it, 
and then this video gets so let's say in an alternate universe that when the interviews originally happened from Kansas City and Kareem and Kareem tells the exact truth and then Kansas City does nothing because again no charges were filed according to the TMZ article um and then this video comes out today do the Chiefs release Kareem Hunt I say no um no I don't think so either um I I have I I just, and again it's so hard to talk about this stuff because of the <laughs> what happened with a domestic violence case. But I just got to say, talk about a career going from from zero to 100 back down to zero, because this guy only started playing because uh, last year he started uh, the season against the Patriots uh, because of I believe it was Spencer Ware was injured and didn't start the season. I think that was who was injured. He went to starting job, has an amazing first season. Um, then you have he's coming back this season, also having an amazing career. So like he went from being really nothing to building him way up, and now look where he is again. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, so, I don't I don't really have much to add either. But I was just gonna say, yeah, I like he. I don't think he would have gotten released today. Either. So uh, I did want to add. So social media reaction is pretty mixed but there's one thing everybody agrees on right now it's that he's going to the skins <laughs> yeah i know I wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they just signed reuben foster that's why and uh it's just like, um i'm sorry i'm just i'm trying to think yeah. uh yeah reuben foster had a i think like hit his wife or a girlfriend like sunday and then got released and then got signed the next by day by the redskins so yeah and then uh don't, they still have ap right yeah, yeah. And there's a as someone I I, I, could, I can't find it now, but someone said, "Oh, all right, so it sounds like a perfect fit for the skins. You can have the child abuser and the the uh, women beater in the same room together." And then <laughs> uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at a uh, uh, someone uh, I don't know who this person is. Uh, Troy Hughes Tom, at at Tommy Sled uh, said, Ru- uh, "Ruben Foster and Cream Hunt walk into the Redskins team meeting like and it's a picture of the two Spider-Man pointing at each other." Yeah, no. <laughs> and, I, uh, I also just seen a tweet and look, I, I don't want to laugh at this stuff. People are so just ruthless. Um, somebody tweeted, and I don't have the route because I seen it for a second, but it was uh, a Cream Hunt and Ruben Foster would make a nice one-two punch. And I'm just like, no, why? Or, or actually, it would have been, I, I would have been better if they did AP. You got two running backs, but fuck, yeah, man, people Jesus. are ruthless. Uh, so yeah. I want to say that. So I, I, do you guys follow? You, I, I know our our network account follows this at urinating tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this person, I watch their I, YouTube videos all the time. Uh, so okay, yeah, I didn't even know they were YouTuber. They just popped up on my Twitter feed, and I thought they were funny. They make fun of literally anything that happens in any sport ever, uh, from anything from hockey to football. So five hours ago, he tweeted uh, the the video uh, saying, "Prepare," and he says, "Prepare the wheel of discipline." And then ten minutes ago, he goes, "Congratulations, Kareem Hunt! You shot a promising career to shit faster than your rise to fame. Now your opportunities for future employment are limited. Have fun on the Redskins, Ra- Raiders, Bengals, or Cowboys." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Jesus All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Like, at oh, and I mean, what? it's not not that we uh we had some a lot of breaking news that I'm I'm happy we covered, but we were running lots and, of news uh, like happening during the podcast. I know time. it's great. I I mean, it's not a great topic, but I love like breaking news on a podcast. One more breaking news story, and I'm not even going to spend more than ten <laughs> seconds. This is that Tom Wilson just got another match penalty in his game for an illegal hit. 
match penalty uh, for interference where he basically had shoulder to shoulder contact this guy from behind way after he let go of the puck. So I'm only the only reason I'm saying that because one, it's Tom Wilson, and number two, because I'm expecting the NHL to do something about this one. So just wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. moving on. All right, yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, so our last big topic, and I'm gonna let Brundy run wild with this because this is his thing. Uh, his soccer team, the uh, Atlanta United, uh, have moved on and will face the Portland Timbers in the MLS Cup. Um, that game is being played next Sunday. Um, Saturday. Saturday, sorry. I, um, I knew I was saying something wrong. I knew it was next week, but I couldn't remember what day. Uh, so, yeah, kind of let you run wild with it. Kind of say, uh, you know, everything from a, from a United, uh, you know, fan and, and kind of let you run with it. Well, I am just going to say, as an Atlanta United fan, uh, I am extremely happy uh, because it seemed like, quite honestly, it's it seemed like kind of in the middle of the season, Atlanta United was kind of going to do the same thing that they were doing last season, which was um, get to the playoffs and then, like, you know, getting the losing the knockout round or the conference semifinals because they were uh, between like May 9th. And June 24th, they had, um, which is a very short period of time, they had two losses and three draws, which um, which doesn't seem too bad uh, until you realize they only played about seven or eight games in that span. Uh, and during that time span, I was like, oh, man, you know, this, this, this team is missing an identity. Uh, and all of a sudden, that's when Joseph Martinez decides, okay, I'm going to start setting records. Um, and between May 30th and August 24th, they only lost once, which was to FC Dallas. Um, and I'm, yeah, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not counting U.S. Open Cup because U.S. Open Cup, I never really expected Atlanta to, um, to go very far in. Um, Let me put it to you this way. If you're a good team in the MLS, you don't care about the U.S. Open Cup. You play your second team. <laughs> right. It, that's that's what all the better teams have done. And, like, there's there's a fucking reason the Houston Dynamo won the U.S. Open Cup. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but, but no, so, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, um, Atlanta United, you know, they have a really good second team. And they could certainly at least contend in the US Open Cup. They did they beat a USL team but then lost to the Chicago Fire. Um who them and themselves have had a disappointing season. So uh but now Atlanta United and I'm not sh- I'm I'm sure you guys didn't really watch uh any of the games but that one game against um that one game against the uh New York uh New York City FC in which, uh, in which there were a bunch of yellow cards handed out. That uh, was Mar- the, the first leg, right? That was the second leg of the semifinal. Okay, I- I'm trying. Sorry, to- I- I- it's a little confusing because there's uh, New Atlanta. York and- yeah, yeah, Atlanta yeah. played <laughs> New New York City and New York Red Bulls. Um, no, I'm trying because I-, I watched. And I can't remember which game it was because I was kind of flipping through channels. I remember it was on a Sunday, so I was watching football. But I watched one of the games against NYFC. Um, but yeah. I remember that was even like if it wasn't the same game, that was chippy as well. So 
Yeah, so uh, against NYFC, Atlanta United um, got the benefit of scoring an away goal against uh, NYCFC and won that game 1-0 to in the Bronx, um, which gave a supreme, supreme advantage to Atlanta United. And Atlanta United uh, won 3-1 in the second leg of the semifinals, uh, in which Martinez scored twice. Um, and so did Miguel on her own, but that was a game with a lot of yellow cards and, and the referee was Mark Geiger, which Atlanta United fans hate. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then going to the conference final, uh, it was Atlanta versus the Red Bulls and Atlanta just put up, you know, such a big, um, almost insurmountable, um, scoring and, the first leg that it, it basically seemed like it was done before the second leg had even started. Uh, the Red Bulls did score once against Atlanta, but it was base it, it was in garbage time. I'm just saying it like that because I'm pretty sure there was only like one minute left of added time. <laughs> it was it was scored in the 94th minute, um, but uh, they managed to uh, you know they managed to hold their lead. They were playing defense all throughout the game, and it's funny because. In the first like ten seconds of the game, Joseph Martinez almost scored, but it was saved, and that in itself would have just, you know, New York should have just conceded the the loss because, um, because they would have had to score five goals with the away goals rule, right? So now Atlanta's gonna face a very very uh, scary looking Portland Timbers team, who, in of themselves, have had a very very up and down season. Um, and I guess so, so the Portland Timbers started 0 2 and 3. So, you know, no wins, two ties or two draws and three losses. And it was like, holy cow, Portland's, you know, nothing anymore. And then they win five straight games. Um, so, and, and they, and they've, they went, uh, weeks six through twenty without a loss, um, and then they lost four straight, and then they've kind of been up and down. So they've been a very, very inconsistent team. Um, it kind of sucks that you know you never want to play against the inconsistent teams, never because anything can happen. Yeah. Um, and looking at their uh, MLS uh, wrote like their. Their road to the MLS Cup final. Let's see. They played FC Dallas in the knockout. They won two to one, which you only do one game for the knockout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's see. In the semifinals, they were up two to one in the first leg, and then looks like Seattle. Se- well, yeah, Seattle won three two, but they won on the away uh, goals. Penalties. Oh, pen- yeah, yeah, that's right. Penalties. Yes. Right. Oh, no, so- it, it was. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure because. ESPN has it on away goals, but well, I, I ESPN's wanted, wrong because I, I, I remember watching the penalties. That's what I was gonna say. I remember watching the penalties. So why, what are they talking about? Yeah, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> so Portland, uh, Portland advanced on penalties. Uh, they got goals from, uh, I believe, from uh, Blanco, if I'm not mistaken, Sebastian Blanco, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, Diarra and Asparilla. Um, both very, very scary looking players. Uh, but they were able to advance on penalty kicks. Uh, and then they moved on to face 
uh, Sporting Kansas City, who I would have preferred to play in the MLS Cup final against. Um, they drew their first leg at Portland, um, which basically meant that Portland had to play on the road against a very good Sporting Kansas City team. And Portland was able to win 3-2, to two, uh, which, by the way, was an amazing game. Um, Blanc, uh, Blanco scored again, and Diego Val- uh, Valeri scored twice, uh, one and at a time. Yeah. By the uh, way, the uh, the ninth minute of that time. <laughs> yeah, ninth uh, minute of out of time. Like, um, what is going on? <laughs> yep. So now they're looking to face uh, Atlanta United in the uh, in the MLS Cup, and it's going to be at Atlanta. Uh, probably, uh, I saw an interesting stat: the highest attendance for an MLS Cup game was sixty-two thousand, which is probably going to be broken. That you know, I I don't think that that's a I don't think that's a hot take. No, I mean it's weren't a, like they were drawing like more than sixty two thousand just for regular season games, weren't they? <laughs> well, I let's see when the stadium was closed, it was like a little bit above forty five thousand, but when okay. it was full capacity, it was above seventy thousand every game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I was gonna say I thought it was like upwards of seventy. Right. Uh. So now, um. My quick predictions, uh, I'm you know I'm I'm gonna say I'll say Atlanta United wins two to zero. I think Martinez and I'll say Franco Escobar gets a goal. I I think I mean I would say the uh, favorites in this are definitely Atlanta United. Right. There's um, not really there's not really any betting lines on this. I don't think. <laughs> no, I'm just saying as like a. Uh, you know they they had a good year, obviously. Um, you were telling me a stat earlier that I actually want you to bring up again because I forget it. But you were saying about the they have the most points to not win the yeah. Um, so um, so both it's kind of funny because the New York Red Bulls and Atlanta United both broke the previous points record, um, and <laughs> Atlanta United has the most amount of points for a team to not win the supporter shield. And mm-hmm. the supporter shield is basically the award you're given for having the uh, most points at the end of the uh, major league soccer season. Right. Um, which used to be kind of a big deal in terms of the um, CONCACAF champions league, uh, but it's not really so much anymore. Um, but it's still, you know, nice to, you know, have a supporter shield in your resume. And a lot of Atlanta United fans were, um, you know, upset that they didn't get the supporter shield. So, you know, hopefully the MLS Cup trophy uh, pays off in the end. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's a matchup I'm looking forward to. Definitely would be watching, and I uh, know you will, obviously. It's going to be a good one. Um, I, if I have a prediction, I'll go 3 1 Atlanta United, um, and with uh, Joseph Martinez getting a brace. Um, and I don't know, probably like. Al Marone getting the other one. I, I don't know. It's probably like a very generic prediction, but Martinez has just been amazing this year. God, so like. I can see, yeah, I can see him getting two and then, you know, somebody else uh, finishing it off. But yeah, looking forward to it. Um, the MLS has been uh, been pretty good this year. It's on the rise. You know, I, I was not that I was trashing the MLS before, but uh, yeah, I, I will. I, it's still almost a fact to me that European soccer is better, but MLS is getting better. It's, it's enjoyable to watch. So 
um, you know, if you are looking to get on that bandwagon, definitely tune into that game. All right. Uh, we will finish up our podcast with our week 13 predictions from the NFL. Uh, last week we missed, uh, we didn't do a podcast because of Thanksgiving. So we will, um, we will, uh, you know, just skip over week 12 and go to week 13. Uh, so the, the NFL is weird this week. There's a lot of good teams playing, like really good teams playing really bad teams. There's no like mediocre teams playing. So we try to pick um, some mediocre teams and then you're the, the big boys. So the, the one that, uh, that we pick that's kind of an interesting matchup is uh, Denver at Cincinnati. Um, that's two teams that are fighting for a wild card in the AFC and whoever loses that game is most likely out. Um, so that's the game. Then the two game, the big games is uh, Minnesota at new England. And then the Sunday night football game, the Chargers at Pittsburgh. Um, so we start with my Denver Broncos uh, at Cincinnati. Um, Bobby, I'll let you start uh, with your prediction. Uh, so Denver, not where I thought they would be. I'll be dead honest. Um, coming off a pretty big win. Uh, I'm a big believer in the momentum factor, and Cincinnati has been on the goddamn decline. Remember when they were okay? Remember that? Remember when Remember? they were like, I want to say like four and one or something like that. Yeah, remember when they were good for a split second? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, I got them for still riding high and continuing the streak. I got them winning twenty to fourteen. Yeah, and I kind of have the same thing. Uh, you know, Denver is they they're playing well. You know, my hot take uh, at the uh, at, during the hot take episode. You know, maybe uh, maybe I. I might be right, you know. We'll see what happens. But it's only, uh, half, it's only half right there, pal. Chill. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Let's listen now. <laughs> all right, all, right. all ears, kid. All right. Well, look. If the Broncos went out, you know, might might have a chance. We'll see, though. <laughs> uh, I do definitely think they can beat Cincinnati, though. Cincinnati's not playing well, and Denver, you know, they beat the Chargers and the Steelers in back to back weeks. I think they can definitely do it to the Bengals. So I'll have the. Uh, all the Broncos winning in a close one, 24 to 20. Listen, listen, listen. All I'm going to say to you is that Californians are making a move to ban plastic straws. Once it happens in Georgia, Atlanta's going to have nothing to pick at anymore. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Now listen here, Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So here's here's the thing about the AFC. Um, you got your top heavy teams, your division leaders, and then you got out the Chargers, who are the wildcard team, eight and three. There's about six teams competing for one spot in the AFC. Uh, and, you know, out of the six teams, Denver and Cincinnati are two of the teams. This is a must win for whoever wants that wild card. Um, now, Denver getting a little bit lucky because, well, it's it's them getting lucky that they caught them Cincinnati on this week and unlucky for the Bengals. Andy Dalton, uh, I don't know what he, the – uh, diagnosis was, but he's out for the season with a thumb or hand injury of some sort that happened. I think, last think it was week. a I think it was a broken thumb. Okay, I thought it, I thought it probably was. So uh, they got Jeff Driscoll starting. Um, watch him throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns or something. But no, I I Denver has been looking good. Um, one guy that does not a rookie, an undrafted rookie at that who's been having a hell of a year and needs to be in like the rookie of the year discussion. I know that, you know, you've got your big boys that are the candidates, but for the Denver Broncos, Phillip Lindsay is having a hell of a season. Uh, he for is. an undrafted rookie. Um, he, he doesn't, first of all, he doesn't get enough touches. That's the one problem. 
The other problem is the guy that we drafted, Royce Freeman, who is another beast, is splitting touches with him. But Philip Lindsay is uh, has been a, a beast. Um, overall, I think uh, Denver comes in, gets the job done, and then you know you never know. I mean, they were looking dead in the water, but you got some winnable games coming up. Um, you're gonna have to play the Chargers one more time, which sucks. Are no, have they played? The, I'm now. I'm trying to think if they played the Chargers twice. Um, either way, they have some winnable games coming up. Uh, I think they get it done. Uh, I have the final score. Are you Are you talking about the Broncos or yeah. the Bengals? Yeah, the Broncos uh, have only played the Chargers once. They played the Chargers. Okay. They played the Chargers in the last game of the season. Okay, that's I. I for some reason I couldn't remember if they played them twice already. But yeah, you got some winnable games coming up, and then you got to beat them. But uh, yeah, final score for me, Denver 23, Cincinnati 13. All right, next game. Uh, Minnesota is traveling to Foxborough to take on the Pats. Uh, Bobby, let me uh, hear your predictions. Uh, all right, so Minnesota is always one of those teams I'm scared of, even though I don't really have to be scared of them too often because, you know, NFC. But it's um, it, it, they're a team that I've always seen as, as this uh, – you really don't want to get on the wrong side of them, like at all. Um, but here's the thing: as as good as Kirk Cousins has been, uh, he's always on the goddamn ground. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's bad. So, and here's the thing with New England, and it seems to be always what the, what it is, even with um, Patricia gone, is that if there's a loophole somewhere in in, in anything, the Patriots are going to take advantage of it. I mean, they were filming the Jets practices, so you know they're always looking. Uh, so his own team. <laughs> I, 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 listen, man, if you can't take shots at your own team, you're not a real fan. So <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I, I, I think just that by itself, uh, you know, even though New England's defense has been pretty subpar for most of the season, uh, I'm sure they'll be able to kind of take down that offensive line pretty quickly. Uh, that being said. I do have a little bit of a shootout going, but I think actually this game will end with a couple of Gaskowski field goals. So I got New England winning twenty-seven to twenty-one at home. Yeah, and and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, kind of go with my trap, my trap game gut feel. Like this is definitely a game where I feel like if uh, you know, obviously it's played at New England, but this is one of these games where you know if the uh, you know, Patriots don't come to play if they. Uh, I, I'm not saying underestimate their opponent because, like, they're those Vikings are six four and one. They're still a very decent team in contention. Um, but with that said, um, I do have a feeling that this game is going to be a lot closer than many people anticipate. I think Kurt Cousins is probably going to have you know, not like he's going to have a pretty good game. I think Tom Brady is going to be a little lackluster in this game. I think. Uh, I think the Vikings defense could definitely uh, make a huge, huge difference in this game. Um, I'm, but I'm still going to have New England edging it out by a. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a field goal. Uh, you know, I, it could come down to one drive, uh, or it could be a complete blowout. We'll see. But I'll have uh, the Patriots winning twenty-three to twenty. Okay, I'm sitting here thinking. Do I want to change my prediction? <laughs> because I've been sitting here thinking, like, this was the game I actually had the most trouble with. Um, just something about this to me seems like this could be the game that uh, that is, like, 
Bernie said a trap game. I'm going to stick with my original prediction and, and have New England win. Um, I just looked at the last couple games that New England has. Um, it's interesting because uh, when I bring it back up, so they play the Vikings this week. Um, you know, hypothetically, let's just say they lose this game, right? They play the Dolphins next week, which is the Dolphins, but it's in Miami, and we know what happens with the Patriots in Miami. Right. And then you got the Steelers <sighs> the next week. So it's gonna be a couple it's gonna be it's a couple interesting weeks for the Patriots. I do have them uh winning this game though. Um I have the final score being um <clears throat> excuse me, thirty one twenty New England. Um and the last game on the slate, uh, this should be a good one. I'm excited for this one. Uh, Pitts, um, the Chargers at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bobby, go ahead with the final game. Oh, my God. Fucking Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, what a season. Um, yeah. Lost his star <laughs> running back, but got a new one in the process. Also <laughs> suck. Um, so, Pittsburgh came off a t- terrible loss uh yeah that wasn't terrible how on earth dude as a steelers fan big ben throwing an interception to end the game when the two yard line isn't the greatest look (laughs) how i i all right look i i i do not have much hope for pittsburgh at this point that being said um i know ty you and i have been high on the chargers uh brenny (laughs) brenny has not been um And I mean, I, I still I'll say this with, with 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 how their season's going right now. I mean, they're second in the AFC West. They 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 they, they help. They've lost to the Broncos too. So you guys got that. They got that in common. Um, it's going to be a good game, but I do think P- Pittsburgh is man. That's a bad place to be playing. That it's it's a bad place to be. Yeah. Heinz Field is all. It, it's it's like Winnipeg in the NHL. It really is. I, I, I it's really bad. Um. You're gonna, they, I think the crowd's definitely going to get the hot behind the Steelers in this one. I think they're definitely going to start pushing uh, and make one big, one big, you know, look, we're still here type of statement. But I do have it being close. I have Pittsburgh winning this one just barely, 28-21. Okay. Um, well, I think Pittsburgh's got it figured out. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I know they lost to the Broncos, but that was their only loss since, uh, I think, since week four or week five. Yeah, uh, and other than other than that, it's been straight. You know, every game, except for except for uh, the game against let's see Jacksonville, uh, has been decided by seven or more points. So they have been defeating teams very handily, and I think you know I think their offense has finally figured it out. I think the bye week came at a perfect time for them um, in week seven, and ever since then they have seem to be just lights out and they seem to be on a um they definitely seem to be on a tear. It seems like the Broncos definitely stopped their momentum. But I see a, see that as more of a wake up call and be like, hey, you're you're not unstoppable, more more or less. Um so I'm gonna have uh I'm gonna have the uh Pittsburgh Steelers um I'm I'm trying to decide if I want to change the score, but I'm gonna stick with the prediction. I'll have Pittsburgh uh coming on top on top of the Chargers I'll say thirty-four to twenty-four. I'll say this much about the Steelers. Okay, yeah, they've they, they've handed out some pretty exceptional victories, but I I've I've caught their games uh, a little bit more than usual this season. They just look weird. Their 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 plays are sloppy. They don't got my, our boy back there, Le'Veon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Ben Ben's 
well, I don't know what he was throwing last week. I mean, I, that, that some of his, I don't know. Some of his vision, it just didn't make sense to me of where he was throwing. That's just me. I don't know. Um, all right. And I'll end this off. So like, I don't know why. So the chargers have been, um, a really, they've been very good this year. By the way, just, you know, I hate the Chargers as much as uh, anybody else being a Broncos fan, but Phillip Rivers is having a sneaky, really good season, like MVP yep. kind of talk. Um, he Last week, he went had 25 completions. I think it was 25 completions before he threw it at incompletion. Crazy. Uh, but anyway, um, it, so the Chargers are 8-3, Pittsburgh 7-3-1. and one. For some reason, this game just to me seems like Pittsburgh is going to be like, look, you know, we're still like number two in the AFC. Uh, like, you know, in the past, like, you know, five years, it's been us in New England. You need to step back and, uh, <laughs> and we're going to win this game. And being at Heinz Field, uh, I feel pretty confident about them. Um, you know what? I, I love this guy with with what was happening last year and everything, but. Our, our guy Juju is having a hell of a year. Um, had that ninety-seven yard touchdown last week. Against... That what that won me a big must-win game in fantasy for me last week. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, I'm in a PPR league, so you can imagine what a ninety-seven yard touchdown does. Like, and and I just like it's crazy because he's actually leading the team in receiving yards. On a right. team that has Antonio Brown on it, so yeah, it, it's very hidden crazy. too because you 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 don't you don't notice like you really yeah. don't notice him out there until he gets the ball in his hand and what he's doing is pretty magic. Just wait until a couple of years; he's gonna be he's gonna be a bigger star than he already is. Right. Um, no, I, like I said, I don't know. To me, I just shut yeah. Pittsburgh being like this. This is this is our this is us. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I have the final score being twenty eight twenty four Pittsburgh. It- and really quick before we wrap up, I just want to do a uh, lock of the week first and an upset of the week. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I, no, I'm not really gonna do an explanation. I'm just gonna say lock of the week: Chicago over the Giants. Okay. Uh, upset: uh, 49ers over Seahawks. Hmm. I, I mean, uh, I, think, I would uh... the lock. The lock. Oh man! But the the only thing with the Bears is that Trubisky's not gonna be playing. But I yeah. mean. I, that, I, I mean, still have it as a lock. I, 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 there's not really a whole lot of lock games other than maybe Rams yeah. over Lions. So what's right. your puni- What's your punishment if you get both of these wrong? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> when you uh, come up to Jersey, bullshit. we get to throw you in the Delaware River. Oh hey, my you god! <laughs> you guys can do locks and upsets too. Uh, I, I, no, because I'm not stupid enough to make those kind of calls. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll be stupid enough. Um, if he gets both of them right, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I might just delete the Discord and the Google Drive and everything. And <laughs> All right, oh, um, pizza. Oh, pizza. This you can just uh, quote yourself. I know. Yes. What's the freaking oh, head? Fuck pizza. Oh, fuck my pizza. <laughs> um, Boy. Wrap it up, Tyler. I'm trying to. Um, all right. We ran long on this. Take meeting, two. Despite, despite the... Uh, what the information was about with Green Hunt. It was actually kind of fun to break the news <laughs> of it, and uh, we kind of had a good talk. It's like we enjoy news reporting or something. It's like we... It's uh, Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what, what do you know? We discovered something about ourselves today. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Successful podcast. We, uh, we wrap up here. Zach will hopefully be joining us again next week for episode 15. Mr. Um, as uh, I usually do, uh, if you'd like to contact us on 
any platform we do have a Twitter at Complain Network. Uh, I know I said this weeks ago, we're still trying to get our shit together. Uh, the Facebook page we have set up, but we're trying to figure out what we want to do with it. We'll figure that out. Um, and, Any ideas, uh, let us know. Yeah, really, because uh, we're we have no idea what the hell we're doing. We're trying to say, yeah. So, uh, and as always, if you like the video, give it a like. If you're listening on not YouTube, uh, give it a like rating if you're on uh, iTunes and and a review, and uh, we will see you next week for episode 15 of the Come Play Podcast. Peace. Zach, Daddy, I miss you.